Hi, my name is Andy Belanger, and I am promoting Southern Cross with Image Comics. Step free, woohoo. Okay, freedom to move around a little bit there. You, your boys are loose. My boys are loose. Just hang out. Nice. It's um, this music this week. Bangles, four non blondes. What do we got? You will. Going in, it's uh, Chris Robinson band, and coming out, it's Iggy Pop. Okay, it's still love you this week. Going in, a little bit of uh, I love Chris Robinson. I, I would play the man. I don't know week if I've if ever heard. Anything from just the straight up? Well, obviously, if I listen to the beginning of the episode, but I'm saying I don't. I, I mean, I, I know who, who he is because I had that one album that everybody fucking bought. Like, take your money um, maker. <laughs> I may not have played the whole damn thing, but I could at least say, yeah, I own it like everybody else. So, um, second as far as just straight up Chris Robinson band, don't could be a fucking song. Couldn't tell you if if something played. That it was them. I'll hook you. I don't. Okay. I'll hook your ass up. Yeah. Love. I love his voice. Yeah, I, I can see that. I, I think that. he's one of the very best vocalists in music of all time. I would take him. I mean, you know, people like to throw a lot of devotion Robert Plant's way, and sure. and rightly so. Yeah. You know, I would take him over Robert Plant. I, I probably would, would have to back you up on that. Yeah. Because I love. I, I do like. I like Robert Plant a lot, and 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 I've played now and Zen, God knows how many fucking times. I know the voice, but they're just it. I don't think Robert Plant fills scratches every itch you might be in the mood for, and I think Robinson just might. I don't want to say I don't want to call it range because I know that's not right, but I think I think there's a broader. Um, it, it, it he's, he's he's I think Robinson would be more far reaching than Plant. Okay. And he can he has proven that he can sing the hell out of Zeppelin songs. Uh-huh. Because he has. Okay. Uh with Jimmy Page. Uh but there is one vocalist I would sacrifice everyone for. My my favorite vocalist ever. 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 Roger Daltrey. No shit. Mm-hmm. Nobody can sing like Daltrey. No. It would it would have probably it would have taken me probably three guesses to say to, you would have got the there though. I would have. Yeah. I would have. For I you, mean, I would have. You know, I, there's guys I love like Freddie Mercury and and, right. and but Daltrey, he could bay like a friggin' donkey when he wanted to, and he can cut butter. He's great. I think he's he's uh, singular. He's the unique. Uh, entity in music stands above everyone else. But I'm nuts. And I'm sure somebody will counter me on that one. Because, hey, it's time for more nuttiness. This is 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 465, y'all. And I am Vince B. You are Vince B. And and our, our chins are nut-free. So, I am... <laughs> A meme. Well, they are. A meme Yes. <laughs> I am uh, I'm, I'm David A. Price. You is David A. Price. And you didn't know. Well, you may have guessed by now that uh, Jason. Yeah, because we're a little bit more freer. 
We're loose. We're not constrained, right? Yeah, he's not pushing us around and telling us what to say and writing our scripts and everything, as he usually does, a little bit of behind the scenes. Uh, Jason is in transit. He will be here, hopefully, if if only to to lead us out of this episode. We're hoping he comes midway through, but... Your guess is as good as mine. But yeah, he'll, it's, it's, you know, last week he was mobile and then he, uh, he made it into the episode. Uh, he was mobile this evening and, um, before we recorded and he has some things to take care of. So, um, he's not going to be able to just roll into the garage and then roll right into his studio to, to get with us. So, um, we'll, um, we'll, we'll, we'll do what we can. To carry on, and we'll do it well for, yeah. for for a little bit, and and hopefully you know you won't roll your eyes and and say all right, we'll just timestamp it so when Jason gets here, I know when to fast forward through the episode. We're just hopefully we got some shit for you that that, that that you folks will dig. Yeah, and you know where you won't roll your eyes? I bet I do. Yeah, of course you do. Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, where you will look at the total of your order and say, oh my god, I cannot believe I'm getting my books this cheap. That's just how it is. You will get your books, get them at a massive discount, get them delivered right to your door. It's the easiest thing on the planet, except falling off a bike. Um, the list of specials, you may not hear these again, so pay attention. From first, second, there's a lot of buzz around this book, and rightly so, because it, it, it sounds intriguing. It looks beautiful. It is the Spill Zone hardcover graphic novel, volume one. By Scott Westerfield and Alex Pulvaland. Cover price $22.99. Not for you, because you're smart and you go to dcbservice.com. You can have it for $12.64. That's 45% off the cover price. My month was made when I flipped to the Fanographics uh, solicitations because... My man, my God, Gary Panter has another oversized hardcover uh, coming our way. This one is called Songy of Paradise, uh, Jesus as a Hillbilly in the um, interpretation of the story of be- Jesus being tempted by Satan in the desert. But it's not Jesus, it's a hillbilly. Panter has um, an affection for hillbillies. They, they, they pop up in a lot of his work, a lot of his single images, uh, his Jimbo stuff that they published um, through Matt Groening uh, that's teeming with hillbillies, right? Uh, so anyway, uh, $34.99 for this oversized Gary Panther hardcover, but not for you, cents. 35% off, and that's really good for a Fanographics book. Coming up uh, the rear, it is Chad Bowers, Jim Toe, taking another stab at Youngblood, and uh, rightly so. It's the 25th anniversary of the book that launched the Image Revolution. Uh, Rob Liefeld has put his stamp of approval on this, and you will too. Three ninety nine cover price, but for you... Yes, $1.99. That's 50% off, boys' pants. DCBService.com. Do not mind late orders or order additions, and it's effortless. Click, click, click. Two months later, you get all these great books at your doorstep. Go there. Don't be silly. Don't. 
Yeah. Don't be silly. Leave that for the professionals. Uh, or the public. They're, um, well, what? Or, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, um, I'm jumping ahead and I'm, I'm, uh, jotting some notes down and, and, and I'm getting to my, in your travels for this evening. And, um, it just reminded me of something that I still do not have that I need you to remind me to look for, um, this year when we go to conventions. But. And what, what is that? What would, I, 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 oh, uh, so you're teasing me. Yes. It's a teaser. It is a teaser. And, and not like the fucking Justice League teaser that was at least a few hours ago. This is, um. I didn't see it yet. No, there's nothing to see. It's, not, it's, it's, it's Ben Affleck's jaw in a Batman cowl and, uh, the Batmobile firing some guns and, um, more guns. It's a 30 second clip letting you know that on the one year anniversary of Dawn of Justice being released in the United States, they're releasing a full length trailer for Justice League on Saturday. Why more guns? Why? Because he's Batman. No. And he used them for like two issues way back. In the 30s, so, um, he's, he's all about, it's Dax item, bro, it's all about guns. He's got, he has, he is tuned in, he knows exactly what makes Batman tick, and it is rapid fire machine guns. That's silly. I mean, That's, I explained it away, or at least I tried to, in the Dawn of Justice. Mm. He, he wasn't in his right mind, right? Great men. They, and he they, knows they do make, take on some bullets. So he, but that he, like, w- he wasn't shooting civilians. Uh, he was. Shooting. Well, no, I'm saying his his, his whole reason for uh, I was I'm I'm trying to I'm giving them a plain devil's advocate. I'm giving them the benefit of the right. doubt. But yeah, yeah. He put guns on the Batmobile because he was going after Superman, and he knows Superman can take on. He can take. He can handle bullets. Never mind the fact that fucking Rick Shays will go after the civilians and everything. But whatever. He did. I, I he I, did plug a couple civilians with the bullets. Either if he didn't, he's a really bad shot. And he broke some necks when he was trying to say Martha. So there were just there. There were. I don't. I don't want to go down that hole and and try to either defend or justify a Zack Snyder movie and uh, eat up valuable time before we even really get into this episode. Yeah, it's so. kind of futile to to justify yes. a Zack Snyder movie. I mean, I professed a little bit of love for Donna Justice, but. I was just playing. That was because they were parademons. That was because that it was one, all conception with a dream within a dream within a dream. And, and I. The parademons made that movie for me. I know they did. And that's, and that is absolutely awesome. And I, I love that there was that, that there's some foreshadowing that they may actually have a plan for some things down the line. Um, and, and I love it. Shitty flash design aside, I absolutely loved the, what I consider a, a reference to the first issue of Crisis on Infinite Earths when the Flash appeared before Batman, letting him know what's about to happen. And and that's that's how I took that dream sequence. Yeah. Um, it was really cool and, when he gave him the button. <laughs> Found this button in a wall, dude. What's going on here? Uh, wait, wait for August. We'll talk about it more. But it's it's a um, – and, and, and Wonder Woman, of course, was, was – the, but there's there's, there's – there's, there's way, way, way more bad than good in that movie as far as I'm concerned. So we're not going to talk about that right now. Let's okay, not. okay. Um, let's do the drink thing. Let's, because let's do that. I treated and myself today. You did. And I'm, I'm, it's, 
I'm, I'm, I'm a little torn, a little, little bittersweet, because I'm, I, I am really glad you felt the need to treat yourself, because I don't think you do that often enough. I, I don't. Uh, but I'm just, I'm not real keen on what you, I'm glad you were enjoying what you treated yourself to. Um, but since I'm not really a fan of it, I, I'm, I'm like, all right, well, you know, you do you. Well, you've had it? No, I just, I'm not big on that type of beverage. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, but, uh, this is from Rogue Ales. I usually like Rogue stuff. Uh, this is called, and I have to admit, it was the, uh, packaging graphics that pulled me in. Because on the bottle and on the, uh, six pack carrier, there is, um, a grinning skeleton, little tiny <laughs> baby, baby skeleton, and he's, he's got his arms folded and his knees up to his chest, and he's got a, this little straw kind of hat, like a cone head hat on, and, uh, he's got a, um, uh, a flagon of ale in his hands. And it's black and white with a little bit of silver. And it's just very striking. So I said, far be it from me to leave uh, a skeleton on the shelf. So I took it and it is called Dead Guy Ale. And uh, after having tasted it, uh, it's got to grow on me a little more. It's a little too sweet. Hmm. I'm not into the sweet with the, the beers. So you know that. The citrus, no. Get it out of my beer. Chocolate, absolutely not. Uh, coffee, nope. Uh, I just, I just like to taste. I like to taste the hops. This is not very hoppy. But then again, it's an ale, so why would it be? Right. Yeah. It's okay. it's not bad, but maybe by the end of the show, and it's only like six point something percent alcohol. So I will be my faculties will be restrained as usual. I um. I did think about you the other day um, because I actually had um, – well, it was pretty much my go-to last year at New York Comic Con. I had a uh, I had a glass of uh, Stella. Artois. Stella. You like that. I do like it because it's, it's not heavy and um, it's it, – I like the taste of it. And, but it doesn't feel like I'll I'll drink a beer and I'm like wow I don't know why I drank that it's just it it I don't you always I, have the beer regrets I do yeah I absolutely do always. and, and I, I really don't with Stella so um, if if you know I'm giving in the peer pressure because all of my booze are drinking beer at at, at a bar at a convention and after a convention then then you know I'm gonna I, I don't want to be the one guy with the fucking Merlot at the bar and everybody else is enjoying their beer and I'm, I just, I'm like, I'll. But why not be that guy? Why, you know I, how you I, always I, say, you say, you do you, but that doesn't apply to you. I don't know. I, I'm not really keen on, on wine at bars. I have had him, but I, um, I'd, I'd rather go with a, uh, with, with a bourbon, which is what I am drinking tonight. Oh, segue, uh, smooth segue. I, I was planning. On having that wine that I didn't have last week, but again, since Jason is not here, because again, he'll probably enjoy it more than you would. Um, I am treating myself to some Eagle Rare Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, which I've had before. This is aged 10 years. Um, and it is, uh, it's, it's got a nice, um, I'm not gonna say punch, but it it, it definitely bouquet. It, 
it's yeah, it's, it's not um, it's it's definitely uh, I, I'd say it's smokier than the bullet that I is is my usual go to. Um, but this is uh, yeah, I I, I would recommend it. This, this was this was a gift. Um, this was given to me at, at uh, Christmas last year, so I don't drink it too often. Um, but I. Uh, I had bullet last night, so I figured tonight let me um, have something a little different for uh, for the episode. So cool! There we go. Well, last week you received a gift from uh, two certain someones, and uh, I said I had a package, but I didn't get to open it at the time of the uh, recording, and I did, and I did receive uh, maps. Yes. Volume three, right? Yes. From yep. uh, Jonathan and Timothy O'Brien. And yes. I, I haven't read it yet, um, but I will for a uh, future episode. I got to say, this is the best looking one yet. Yeah. This is crazy. They, really, I mean, they, they pack so much. Into, and it's, it's, you can tell it's, uh, it, I, I'm be a little corny here and, and, or, Cheesy, whatever you want to say, but you can with especially with the O'Briens, and and we feel that way with Dave Jordan too, um, and and Daniel White. You can actually feel the love they have, sure, for the art form, for the medium, for the stories they want to tell, and and it it absolutely comes across on the um on the page. I just I love. I mean, even in public education, I just I like their style so much, mm-hmm. and and they're just they don't it. There's no restraints. They're just, you know, these are stories we're telling and, and, and they're just, and they're doing it. There's nothing stopping them from, from doing what they want to do. And I absolutely love the, the freeness of it all. Yeah, me too. And it is, uh, signed and numbered. Yes. This is a limited edition, guys. Yep. And gals. So if, uh, you would like to investigate, go to strips for the number four dot com. That's strips the number four dot com and, and check it out. And buy. Please do. Because, buy. you know, I'm not a huge fan of pastels. Um, usually I feel pastels are, haven't grown up into real color. Right. Uh, but this looks great. And it, it's all, there's a lot of pastel hues in this and it looks really nice to me. Maybe I'm growing up. I don't know. Huh. No, it couldn't be that. That's crazy. That's crazy. All right. We uh, there are, um, I'm sorry, there, oh. there's a, um, there are 11 days to go to get in on that, uh, maps number three Kickstarter goodness, by the oh, way. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, uh, they, they, they have met the goal. So, um, it will be published, but, um, Looking over at uh, the various pledges, and, and there's a digital edition. There's the digital catch-up edition. For seven bucks, you will get digital versions of all three volumes of maps. Um, but definitely, and and the Kickstarter pages is, is where you can also uh, get some some preview images of the uh, of the story. But definitely uh, check it out, support it. Hit 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 strips four dot com. Check out the uh, the Kickstarter. These guys, uh, I and you haven't you. They're Jason really and I met people. them at, at 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 Heroes, and they they really are. They are you could not the, the two of the chillest, most unassuming, and and cool dudes. I they they absolutely would fit in with 
the uh, the group we roll with at at New York or or C two E two or it, it's it's so cool to just hang out with them. Yes. All right. There are a number of um, recent developments of which we need to speak. Hmm. Yes. Uh, the first is uh, the passing of one of comics superb illustrators, um, a man whose work is very near and dear to my heart and many, many other people, David as well. Um, we lost Bernie Wrightson. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, this one was tough. I mean, death is always unwanted, unexpected. Um, I, I think the last time I, I was, I was, I was worried about you because the last time I think anything came close to this as far as the, the hobby we love, uh, may have been Steve Gerber. Yeah. In a different way, but yeah. I know that that, 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 that affected you, uh, and David Bowie. But sure, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but it, I j- j- just like you were, you you reached out to me when when Leonard Nimoy passed away. Um, when 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 I saw the news late Saturday night, it, it was after midnight. I, I, you were probably up anyway. I should have I, I should have texted you, but I didn't want to be the bear. I didn't I didn't want to. If you hadn't heard yet, I didn't want to be the guy, right? To, to say, so I was. I was no, I kind of yeah. knew when I I fired up the uh, the net. Um, yeah, Netflix, um, the uh, Facebook, and I just kept seeing pictures of Bernie, and I'm like, oh no, oh. because um, there was in recent weeks there have been you know guys checking up on him and and saying, hey, shoot some love Bernie's way, and they they yeah. they put a picture up, but. Um, the flurry of images of Wrightson and that that amazing smile of his, that squinty-eyed smile he had. Um, yeah, it's – you know, Jason likes to call me stoic. He always gets a chuckle. Oh, you're so stoic. And yet he's right. I, I don't – I don't enjoy feeling. I do get emotional when I talk about comics because that's that's in my blood. But when, when it – comes to matters of the heart and things that really affect me i i have a very very thick wall around me and i don't like to uh well i don't like to let anything through so um you know the the posts of of sickness and and cruelty and injustice and uh, inhumanity i just i kind of i feel it but i don't let on that i do because I, I don't like to feel it when it comes to things like that, but this one, this one hurt. Um, Bernie was uh, the man who. I mean, if I had to put faces on my childhood, right? It would be Kirby, and Wrightson, and Gerber, and and Plug. Somebody call Mike Plug. Make sure he's okay, mm-hmm. right? And uh, but. Um, yeah, it's it's just it's it's sad, right? Uh, the, the the people that have helped sculpt our lives one by one, we just have to say goodbye to them, and it's not a fun it's it's not a fun thing to do. The 
since I haven't met them personally, the the two people who immediately came to mind that um, that I I was concerned about, uh, who I follow on Facebook, are Kelly Jones mm-hmm. and Kyle Hoots, and and it was um, if if two artists were I. I'm not gonna say literally, but cut from the same. I mean, that is that. Yeah. That's he's he, Bernie is their pilot. That's as far as I'm concerned. They're, they, yeah. they, they. I'm not saying they based their whole careers on it, but I mean, they every a lot of what Bernie did, you see, in their work nonstop, and um, and yeah, and 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 it it hit the and, and um, Joe Jesco apparently who who was who was close with Bernie. He's he's been posting some things, and um, you know, it's. Uh, it's it's weird because you know for so many years you and I whether it's the comics journal or amazing heroes or you know who, we just knew who these comic book creators were because their their names were in the credits box and and occasionally you might you might see them at a convention across from a table um but you know decades ago we didn't have Facebook where you could, you know, see their progress on, on whatever they're working on right now or, 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 you know, just, just find out, oh yeah, you know, they, they got a new dog in their house or, 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 or now they're, they're a grandfather. And, and we didn't, we didn't know everything about them the way we kind of do now. And, and to, um, to find out that, that you may, you may think that, oh, you know, back in the day, Marvel with the bullpen, you had, and you had Marie and you had Jack and, 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 and you had, for me to senior and you had, you know, everybody's having a gay old time and, and, and working and, but you find out some of your city people who you wouldn't think really may not run in the same circles, like, like Joe and, and Bernie that it, why couldn't they be friends? But it's just, you, you just have this image of certain artists just kind of like having a, a, a click and, and just because of, 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 the type of work they they do or or how they work and um it it's it just blows my mind that uh somebody and and Bernie just seemed like one of the the nicest sweetest dudes oh, yes. i mean it, even if even if he wasn't an amazingly talented illustrator uh the the notes and messages i've been seeing from from people who who knew him and um just had had the most it, it it it's beyond you know just trying to say something nice about someone who who passed away i mean the, the, these are heartfelt and personal and and uh it it to lose it's you know it was darwin last year it's it's bernie last weekend uh it's it, i'm not I'm in no rush. I'm not ready to open up Facebook and, and find out that someone else who worked on so many stories that I loved reading and rereading, uh, is no longer with us. And, right. and, and we're kind of at that age where it's going to yeah. happen with regularity. And, and that's, oh, oh, I mean, we, we, we celebrate what they're doing, what they've done now while they're still alive. And, and which is why we say at a convention, I don't, I don't care if, if you're going, if you have nothing for them to sign or you don't, you're not going to buy anything at their table. But if, if somebody has written or drawn something that means something to you for whatever reason, 
you read it at your grandparents' dinner table. You, it was the first book you read. It was the first time. I don't care. Just, just make sure while you can let them know what their work means to you. Yeah. Well, I was lucky enough to have met him. I didn't. It was um, very early 90s when he was tied up with the Tundra guys. Mm. Yeah. So um, okay. for some reason, it was um, Eastman and Laird and, you know, their their group from that period. Um, I, I even think Mark Martin was, was there with them. And then it was Wrightson. That air's a nut. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And Bernie Wrightson. And then next to Wrightson for – some weird reason was Clive Barker. Oh shit. Yeah, and and Barker so it's early nineties, okay? Barker's hot stuff at this time. Yep. The 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 line for Barker was crazy long. The line for Eastman and Laird was very robust. Early nineties. And then there was this huge gaping void in the middle where Wrightson was sitting. And I said to um, the woman who eventually became my wife, this is nuts. Mm-hmm. I said, Bernie Wrightson has nobody in front of his table. Like, wh- is there, do you see a sign like I'm leaving for lunch or something? Like, what's the- <laughs> and, and so I, I walked right up to him and he, he, was, he was doing a, a little doodle sketch uh, for someone. And he looked up at me and he smiled. And I, I shook his hand, blah, 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 blah. You know, the whole, the whole night. I love your work. You're huge influence on me. And, you know, you, you made my life worth living. You shake my hand. And, you know, he just smiled and we talked and it was great. Um, and, and I walked away and I said, I just met one of my heroes. And, you know, anyone who is not involved in comics or the, the, the art form or the industry, they don't get it. Right, she's just like, oh, that's nice, but mm-hmm. but it, it you know it it mattered to me. It was it was it was a moment. It was a moment that you know it's burned into my brain. And um, uh, Dave at uh, Comics on the Green has a similar story of of meeting Wrightson. And if you're ever in Scranton, Pennsylvania, go to Comics on the Green. I'm sure Dave will be more than happy to retell the story. Uh, but it's just like everyone I know who has. Uh, encountered Bernie has a has a great story about just how human the guy was. How uh, what, what a just a, a wonderful human being he he was. This, this is this is probably going to come out wrong or sound worse hmm. than than I mean it to be. I like it already. But if you were to it, it, so you got to meet Bernie. If you tell someone. You met Bernie Wrightson and, and there's, I think that's a, it's a great feeling for me to say I met fill in the blank to another comic fan and, and see their eyes light up. But to a non-comic fan, well, who's that? Well, you know, he, he drew Swamp Thing or he, you know, like there's, there, there's some artists where you could say, Oh, I got to meet Ed. Like, so if I said that to someone at work and they're like, well, what, what he draw? Oh, well, I met, you know, John Byrne. He drew Superman. I met 
uh, just I, I I know Tom King. He writes Batman. You know, I mean, there are certain there are certain creators who you know have have a connection that the normal person might be familiar with, so that might mean something to them. But for someone, if, if you were to tell somebody, yeah, I met Bernie Rice, and, and they they well, oh, okay, so what did he draw? And they don't know a damn thing that you're rattling off as far as what he drew. Then that I I I. I that's more special to me because that only a select few are really going to get the significance of 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 what right. you meeting that creator. I means think to you. I think if you drop that name in in conversation with someone from someone outside the the medium, I think the chances of recognition are a bit higher with Wrightson um, for two reasons: Creepshow. Sure. And Cycle of the Werewolf. If, if you, that's, that's, you know, and that. Or Dark Tower. Because he did illustrate um, Dark Tower See, okay, stuff. Okay, I, I wouldn't have gotten Dark Tower. But yes, Cycle of the Werewolf and, you know, if anybody, oh, well, what's that? Oh, you know it as the movie Silver Bullet. But if, if Cycle of the Werewolf, I remember exactly, I was, I was visiting my mom in Tarrytown. There used to be a, um, a bookstore around the corner from her house. And I found that book, this slightly oversized from a, the traditional mass market paperback, but thinner, yeah. of of this Cycle of the Werewolf. And I saw Stephen King's name on it, but I saw that it was illustrated by Bernie Wrightson, and I had to, and I loved, I loved every single image that that that, that, was, that, that was part of every chapter, and yeah. that book so. Near and dear to me, but yes, you're right. I mean, Bernie is Bernie's got a little bit more recognition than if if, if you were to. I mean, even if you were to say Jim Starlin, and it's like, well, yeah, he kind of had a hand in in what some of us love about the Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, there are some characters, some creators who Bernie's name may get an, an eyebrow raised because yes, that 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 name may be more well known um, to the general public. But uh, but there's still he he as far as mainstream characters or or oh right. did they make a movie about yeah they made a, they made two Swamp Thing movies but seriously there are just I which is why I said that even though you being able to say you met him uh, which is why I, I was prefacing it by it, it it's that that is something that would be very meaningful uh, it's meaningful to you it'd be meaningful to me but um it's it's he is yeah he, he's definitely a, a creator that uh that i wish i would have been able to yeah. shake his i stalked him as a kid not 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 the actual physical manifestation of bernie wrightson but i looked through every book to see if Wrightson had something in it. Like I, I would buy Plop, I would buy House of Mystery or House of Secrets, you know, because he had stuff in those and then Swamp Thing and then, I, you know, bouncing back and forth between Batman the Cult and Spider-Man Hookie and just like if if Wrightson or, the, you know, the Warren stuff, like the guy's been everywhere, right? Um, I, I would just – devour anything with rights and in it even if it was just one page that was coming home with me because you know for for there was a time when he would just do the frontispiece 
in in House of Mystery or Secrets. Like he didn't have to have a story in it. He just did the mm-hmm. the, the first page illustrations. Like Dan, it's coming home. It's rights, and I gotta have it. That that I my I I have a rights and obsession. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So so yes, um, Bernie Wrightson is is gone, but um, never ever will be forgotten and will live on. Uh, he's immortal in a sense because he will live on in all of our minds, and we'll probably take those memories with us wherever we go after this. So he is eternal. The uh, he absolutely is, um, and and I. The uh, on Sunday, I reread Batman: The Cult. Oh, nice! Um, I uh, and that, that that was one miniseries I bought when it was coming out. I remember the embossed cover, uh, the first issue, the sewer cover. Um, the uh, I, I I still remember Vince's reaction, almost scolding me for. Kind of spoiling it for Roland because who had never read it? We were at New York Comic Con. I saw the four issues. I told Roland <laughs> to buy it, and and I kind of gave away the biggest part of of the uh, of which, the whole story, which is like wicked out of character for you. That's but not that's, that's not that's you how, though. But that's how I, it, you're right. You're absolutely right. If I were to sit, if, if I if I had to pause and say, okay, well, what? But it's it's a story that. Because it's never happened before, and I love that story so much. I mean, I think Bill Ray's colors may go a little crazy sometimes. Yeah, they're a little uh, eye-searing in some spots. But, I mean, it's all because, you know, batman has uh, been drugged, and, and there's the hallucination. So, you know, the, the, the day glow and the neon, and I mean, that, that that's all fine in some spots. And it's really the only decent Jason Todd story. Uh, the, the, um, but the fact that I don't, it, but even, even though that it, it's weird. It's, 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 for me, it's one of those rare instances where it's written by Jim Starlin, but it's Bernie writes and drawing Batman. And that outweighs anything that I may give away by having. So if you've never read it, read it. And, and I keep forgetting to ask Roland if, you know, what he thought of it after he read it, because uh, it's been a couple of years. There's no excuse. He's had to have read it by now. Uh, the um, it's and especially with the new place. Congrats on that, by the way. But it, you know, yes, kick your feet up and, and and read the cult finally if you haven't. So yes, seriously, uh, the um, but yes, you're absolutely right. I, I it's I flog myself weekly at knowing that you know I I, I did that. Uh, Especially to a friend, it's not like you know it was just somebody I was trying to screw over. And, ah, yeah, fuck you! I just spoiled it for you. It's it, but it's the fact to find out that it's, it's like finding out someone still hasn't been born again. You know, it's like, dude, I just it, what will it take? What will it take for you? But Roland hasn't been reading comics for as long as we have, so he hasn't been able to read everything. And and you and I read this when it came out. Oh so, hell yeah! Uh, for for us to find out that someone hadn't read it, it, it's like, well, that's I don't. I mean, it's I don't know if it's I don't know if I call it one of the top five Batman stories, but it's still a Batman story that you should have read. Right. Um. But yeah, so I I read that and and uh, it, it's it's absolutely 
crazy and and there are definitely some things in it that uh that 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 I believe um Christopher Nolan might have used in his Dark Knight trilogy um mm-hmm. but uh it's and it's it's a long-eared Batman story that 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 isn't appalling to me I I absolutely um I don't you know it's Bernie it's Bernie drawing Batman so I kind of I'm okay with the long ears in this case um it it really is a uh if if you have not read the cult and, and it's available on Comicsology, it's available on trade paperback. If you can find it at a convention, all four issues like Roland did, just just pick the damn thing up. It it's it's definitely of its time because there are references to uh TV shows or or political realm uh from the eighties, so uh you, you definitely feel it in some regards and but it's not it, it it's not so heavy handed where you know Jim Starlin is like you know letting you know how he feels about Reagan or whatever it's it, it's it's a batman story it's a pretty heavy batman story because things happen in it that have never happened before um and uh and it's just something and and it's i don't think anybody's even bothered to try to I don't think anybody's retcon anything about it or, or, or tried to use any of the characters from that story into any more recent Batman stories. They, 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 they've kind of left it alone. So it really is its own, it's in its own little bubble. Um, like I said, it, Jason Todd is Robin, but it, it really could have been any Robin. It's, you don't have the Jason Todd attitude. It, it, you, if, if it wasn't for the hair, um, it, it it could very easily be Dick Grayson or even Tim Drake. If, if uh, no no no, it could not be Tim Drake because Jason Todd is a little bit more bloodthirsty than than Tim ever would be. Um, but if you haven't read the cult, the flip side, I one question dug, before you move on, please. Yes. Did, did they release the cult in an absolute? Not in an absolute. I don't even think it's a hardcover. Uh, uh, I bet I'm guessing that'll change. It should. It absolutely should. Um, there is a. I will tell you right now. Rock slide. Uh, let's see. You can. Oh, there's a paperback. Yay. And yes, just a paperback at the moment. That's nuts. Come on, DC. Yeah. And there's only nine left in stock on Amazon. But uh, the uh, yeah, it's it's Jim Starlin, Bernie Wrights, and colors by Bill Ray. I believe color uh, letters. By John Costanza, um, but it is a uh, and, and it was it was in the prestige format, so you weren't you weren't bound by the comics code. It wasn't uh, it wasn't like Batman Year One, where it was actually running within the ongoing Batman title. Um, right. Still cracks me up with people when, when when I find out that someone didn't think someone thinks that Batman Year One was a uh, was a standalone, was its own miniseries, or, or, or was its own graphic novel. They didn't realize that you know it was in Batman like. 404 to 408 or whatever, but I um, also dug out my Marvel graphic novel number. Was it 22? I don't even remember. 19? I have no idea what number the Marvel graphic. The only numbers I know for Marvel graphic novels are number one, number four, and and yeah, I don't even know what number. Um, is God Loves Man Kill number nine? But um. I dug out my um, Marvel graphic novel number 22, Spider-Man Hookie. And 
I, the art is absolutely amazing. Um, it's nuts. Because it, it is drawn by Bernie Wrightson, but it is colored. And it is really colored well uh, by Bernie Wrightson. And this, th- this, on the credits page for this particular volume, uh, it's Bernie Sands the E. But it is Bernie Wrightson and Michelle Wrightson are your colorists. Um, but as I'm about 22, 14 maybe, um, yeah, yeah, about, about 20 or so pages into it, I am reminded why I never really finished it when I first owned it many, many years ago. It is written by Susan K. Putney and it is just, it, it's kind of tough to read. Um, I would like to be able to finish it one day. It, 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 it didn't happen for tonight. Um, it is, it is so easy on the eyes. It is a mm-hmm. great looking book. That's, um, that's very true. And it is, it's, it's, it is the down on his luck and Peter Parker because this is, uh, this is what is 19, it's, it's again, it's the eighties. Um, but you know, he's, uh, Peter's trying not to catch cold. Uh, it, it's winter. Um, he's, you know, he's worried about his camera getting stolen just because it, it's, you know, he, he even, he even refers to the fact that he, he is just, he's Peter Parker and things don't always line up for him. And, and which is the Peter Parker I miss, um, from the current books, but it is a, uh, there's a character who's introduced who, who knows Peter, who's centuries old, uh, knows Peter, knows Ben. Um, but it is a, uh, it's, it's a trippy story. It absolutely is. And it is, it's, it's, if you, and I, if you enjoy it, I, that's awesome. But I just, I, I, I don't think I've ever read anything else that Putney has written. Um, I would probably know if I have, or I probably would know because I hadn't finished it if I tried. Uh, but it is just, um, if, if, if you find it, like I, I found it again, I believe it was at C2E2. Um, but, uh, it was great to actually have again, but it wasn't so great to find out to, to remember why, uh, I never finished it. But man, is it pretty. Yeah. Speaking of pretty. You can talk about me. Yes, because I'm going to tell you that Jason is here. Oh, you said pretty. Or did you say sh- say shitty? I no, did not say shitty. <laughs> oh. Who this? New phone. Who this? Who this? He's on the phone again. What? New, new phone. Who this? What? Are you on the huh? phone? Or are you at home? I'm at home. Oh, nice. Yeah, dude. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Jason Wood. What's up? <laughs> like to never. Yeah, we just got done talking about uh, Bernie Wrightson. Oh man. Well, uh, I mean, I, I mean, I'm sure you guys did an awesome tribute. That's your boy, yeah. especially you. Yeah, that's a tough one, man. What? What? Uh, I know he wasn't well. Was it? Do we know what it was? Was it cancer? Or? Yeah. Um, yeah, he had. Uh, yeah. What was it? Brain brain yeah. cancer. 
Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh, but that's the thing with rights, and I mean, it just seems like he just kept getting slapped down. He had a problem with his eyes. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it's. Uh, it makes me doubt that the karma exists. Because if it was yeah, a real thing, yeah. he'd be, you know, walking tall and still breathing. But um, eh, it's best not to think about stuff like that. Um, so as we're getting older, uh, you know, <clears throat> a lot of the uh, the goats are, are gone. And, I mean, three of yours now are for sure. Top guys are gone, right? I mean, yes. Kubert, Bernie, Jack. Yep. Uh, would you say there's any other pantheons that are left for you? Mike Plug. Plug, okay. Yep. Plug is. How about you, Dad? Still around? Uh, Ramita's still alive, right? Um, who? I'm sorry? Ramita, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, and, uh, oh, I just, uh, well, well, Burn, Perez. Of course, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, Miller is still with us. Uh, yeah. Crazy some of the shit he is. It, it's, there are definitely, um, and it's it's something we mentioned as as um which which I know you've mentioned in the past Jason that yeah, as as we're getting older uh the 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 creators that we grew yeah. up reading are you know it, it's 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 inevitable and and all we can do is really celebrate them now and and even after um I, you know we're not going to stop talking about Darwin Cook you know so they're just mm-hmm. they're no, they're so, it, it, but again, and, and, and I reiterated that when, when you can, whether, whether you have anything for them to sign, whether you, whether they have anything at the table you want to buy, when yep. you see somebody you, who, who, who told stories that you enjoyed, make sure you let them know. For sure, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't take a whole lot of effort. Nope. Yep. Even if you're, you know, you stumble over your words, um, I'm sure. That uh, they're not going to attack you for it, so just yep. just shimmy on up there and, and tell them yep. what they mean to you. Yeah, you just never know. I mean, we met Trump, and then he passed away not not shortly thereafter. Yeah, yeah, yep. we yeah. got to. I mean, we got to at least say uh, say thank you to Claremont. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, to be able to just talk, talk for a few minutes with with Walt and and Wheezy, it, it really is. It's it's um it, that is one of uh. It, it, it's another reason why we tend to hang out around Artist Alley because you don't sure. know. Um, I mean, we we were just we were walking past Felix's table and and freaking hopeless and Latour were just hanging out talking to the other dudes. So I mean, they, they were they weren't at the convention for for you know with a table. I can never wear as they were just they were there and and the fact that you know we were able to bump into them and and say hello. It, it's just but yes, you don't know. Um, when the opportunity will come up and, and you, you don't want to have to say, you know, oh, I, I saw him at C2E2, but, you know, I, I didn't get a chance to say anything, you know, that yeah. I don't, yeah. I, I still want to, I, I know I did, um, but, and, and I don't expect it to be a lasting impression, but I still would like to, uh, say hello again to Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there, there are, there, there, basically that, when I look at the guest list and, and especially when, when you're running around getting your jam pieces filled, um, that's the great time to sidle up and, and no doubt get in there to at yeah. least say thanks. So yeah. I, I will never pass up an opportunity to go to Louise Simonson 
Yeah, Weezy. And, and just tell her um, how awesome she is. Yeah. Because I, I think Weezy's definitely one of the un, unsung heroes of comics because she's well, talking, remember we told her uh last new york yes mm-hmm. well that was one of the things uh for me alone her, the warren connection with wheezy that alone elevates her to godlike mm-hmm. status but then you throw in all the marvel stuff oh yeah, yeah. it's just yeah. wheezy is amazing and um we're, we were the first couple of comics man yes we were very lucky and we're still lucky to have her so yeah for sure for sure not yeah, and, you know, even like in, in a lot of the artists that I guess are the next generation are still knock on wood all, you know, young and healthy enough that they, that they should be around for a good long while. But you do never know, right? I mean, look at Darwin. Right. Darwin was a young guy, and, uh, and yeah. Steve, you know, Steve Dillon was a young guy. You just you never know. And I mean, I never got a chance to uh, uh, obviously meet Jack Kirby. I never got a chance to uh, to meet John Buscema. Um, you know, that's that. Th- those are the two. I, I guess I deeply, re- you know, regret never having the opportunity. Um, but like, there are more there are more modern guys that mean a ton to me like i mean i i've you know i've we've been fortunate enough i've met perez a bunch of times but like i've never met alan davis right you know um never got to shake his hand and, and you know that kind of thing and that's definitely a guy that's like goat status for me you know like i i uh so i hope to get the chance to do that I never got a chance to meet burn um right we haven't met burn yet i i would have yeah. i um i mean my and he's also i mean not only is he somebody that i wish i got to meet um when he was alive but he's also in my you know oh Top five people, living or dead, that you'd have a meal with. You know, mm-hmm. Gil Kane I haven't met, but um, I have oh, to be honest, the, I didn't even know if Gil Kane was still alive or not. That's why I didn't bring up his name too much. Well, he's yeah, no, he's not like 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 two thousand two thousand one two thousand two. Okay. Um, yeah, I thought he was dead. That's why. I didn't, yeah. Uh, Dick Giordano, I never got to say. Oh yeah, I, I did get a chance to say that something to him. That, that that's that's even though he he was one of those guys that I it didn't mean like a ton to me personally because I I wasn't. You know, reading a lot of you know DC as a kid, but but I had a chance to meet him and and uh, did did thank him uh, back in the day at uh, at uh, Wizard World Philly actually. Just but uh, oh wow, yeah. Jason, speaking of John Basima, yeah, I was going to bring some Basima love to this episode. I bought, it. I, I was, I was, oh, because I, I bought a copy of Conan the Barbarian Annual Number Three. Nice, but I didn't take it out of the bag before I bought it. The the, okay. the the cover um, captivated me. It's a Basima cover with Cull and Conan, and it's wow. it's inked by Ernie Chan. Yeah, okay. covers awesome. covers great. Uh, mm-hmm. The guts are Basima, so mm-hmm. we're we're starting at a very very high love. Right, book, you know, inked by Pablo Marcos. Huh. It's painful. Is it really? Yeah. It's painful. Too heavy-handed. I do not like Marcos yeah. over Basima. No, it's yeah, it's it's. it's. Basima was so prolific, and he had so many different anchors that yeah. his. Yeah. I mean, you guys know. I think he, I mean he's my favorite Marvel artist of all time. But I, but I mean I, you know, um, you know, you guys may remember uh, David when we were at Baltimore that year. Uh, Chris, uh, Chris bought that. Uh, yes. Uh, Basima Conan page. Yep. And uh, you know that's one of those things where. Um, Someday, if I ever have enough time to start writing articles again, uh, um, you know, there, there, well, there are certain creators where you know that you know the particular works are, are, are so much more valuable than others, and um, you know, I, I to this day don't own a, a uh, um, well, I own one Busema, I own uh, one Busema page, um, Avengers page, you know, which which was very expensive for what it was because it's not a like a prominent page, but but like you know, a, a decent like. Busema Avengers page, like one with, you know, 
like let's say uh, one with a comparable like 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 reasonable picture of a bunch of the Avengers on it that would be equivalent to like a modern Avengers page costing like 300 bucks would be, you know, four or $5,000. Whereas like you can buy Busema Conan pages, beautiful. There's just a ton of them. I mean, he's just did so much of it. I mean, you could buy them for a couple hundred bucks even now. Yeah. So, yeah. So Ernie Chan, um, especially Alfredo Alcala. Ah, that's who Chris, uh, Chris has a a, a Busema Alcala page. Those two are magic, but Pablo Marcos, not so great. Ah, it stinks. Oh well. All oh, right. I'm glad. I'm glad you guys gave him the fitting tribute he deserved. We, we did. We. I, I hope Good. we did. Um, moving on to uh, recent development number two, and I'll let you guys drive this conversation because um, I'm not going to have a whole lot to to add uh, of anything positive anyway. Um, Iron Fist. Oh, um, well, let's see for, well, how many episodes I'm, I'm through 10. Oh no. And then I'm, uh, I'm, I'm bringing up the rear. I, uh, we have only seen up to episode seven. I've watched and where you nine, nine. Um, so don't, don't spoil it for David, but general, well, no, you know, I don't, we don't have to, I don't want to. I, if we're going to spoil, let's wait till, till we either well, that's a, see it all or, or opt not to, or in your case, opt not to finish it. Right. Like at, I, at, at this yeah. point, which is hilarious because he's like, he's like, I'm done. I'm not watching it. I'm I know. Mess. And then it's like, oh yeah, I just watched episode eight. It's like, dude, I've, for, <sighs> for someone who's given up on an, on a show, he apparently is going to finish this who didn't finish Luke Cage, who gave up during the middle of, of, of season two of Daredevil. I don't even know if he finished Jessica well, see, Jones, but it's like, I did. Oh, I, I do have one. I mean, we can we can go plenty of different directions here, but I do have one thing I want to say, and and not that they're listening or care, and I'm sure they're making billions, so whatever. But I think we're now officially at a point where I'm becoming a bit concerned about the Netflix thing being way too formulaic, right? Yes. And I know a lot of our listeners are probably throwing things at their phones or and iPods and and whatnot saying that well Marvel films are formulaic too and yes they are there is a, a general formula with the Marvel superhero films as well but um so I I, I don't I, I I don't have an issue with form with formulaity in and of itself but I'm saying that this Marvel formula with the Netflix shows is at least to this one person's personal opinion starting to become a failing because I feel as though the same, they're trying to hit the same beats with the same tone and have the same kind of resonance, you know, emotional highs and lows in every, every show. And I feel like it's a little too transparent. And just from an emotional standpoint, I mean, at least personally, it's been a linear decline in my enjoyment of these shows. Um, literally as you know, with each that's come out, I've liked it less. So, uh, and these are characters I love. I mean, I, I, I love Luke Cage and Iron Fist way more uh, in terms of my comic fandom than I, than I do Jessica Jones or Daredevil. Um, so it's not about the characters per se. I'm sure for some character matters, but uh, more than others, but, but it, it's just the, I just feel like I've been there, done that. And the, the thing that Daredevil had aside from it, it being first, so it was fresh was, um, 
I think the supporting characters are just phenomenal. Mm. And, 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 and listen, I mean, I know some disagree, but I think that, uh, D'Onofrio was, as, as Kingpin was great. I think it was wonderful. Agreed. And, and, a, and, and a compelling, uh, villain that could, that could hold your attention as much as the hero does. Um, I think with Jessica Jones, uh, I didn't think that, uh, you know, the Purple Man was great and he's probably been the most legitimate villainous villain we've had of these five shows. <laughs> um, but also, I think of all the leads, she was the most charismatic. I mean, she was to me engaging to watch. Yes, yes. Um, I think that show episode for episode wasn't as strong as Daredevil because I think, um, but I do, I did like it and it's my second favorite. Um, uh, but, but yeah, and then I, I think part of the issue, and David, you made a mention of this, you know, I, I don't, I don't know why they feel compelled to make each of these 13 episodes because each one would, I think, be immeasurably better if they were like eight episodes. Like I think just each one has long it takes. To yeah, tell the story. Just, each one has had like a, a, yeah, a middle ground that just is monotonous. Um, but Iron Fist, um, I, I, I don't know if we want to or should get into this whole uh, whitewashing thing. I don't, I, I don't even know. I don't think there's because we just, um, yeah, I guess three, three middle-aged white guys probably aren't the, the, the people that should be getting in on that anyway. But, but, um, but I will say that, uh, putting all of that aside, I don't think this kid was a great choice for, no. for Danny. Mm-mm. Um, zero charisma, zero charisma. And, uh, and, and not, not, listen, I would love to be, I would love to be in the shape that this dude's in. Don't get me wrong. Um, <laughs> but not, I don't know, dude. Like, if you're raised from 10 years old by warrior monks and you're the most deadly of all of them, I gotta think you're pretty ripped up. Right? I mean, I don't know. The, the dude doesn't really look imposing to me. No. Um, uh, that's another criticism I have. Maybe it's because Jeff Loeb's a wee little guy. Uh, everybody on these damn shows, see, for like Luke Cage is tiny. They're all, everyone on these shows is so tiny. <laughs> Purple Man was tiny. Uh, Daredevil's tiny, uh, freaking Davos is tiny, Iron Fist is tiny, like, all the villains are small, like, except for Kingpin, but it's like, it's like, dude, to hire somebody that's not a midge, I mean, damn. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just, I want to answer David's question, why am I still watching it? <laughs> um, there's a number of reasons. One, I'm hoping that it's going to get better. So it was going to end strong, just like Luke Cage ended poorly, started strong. You hope it's the opposite of that? Luke Cage started great for me. I still think yeah. the first like three episodes of Luke Cage are, are almost perfect. I thought that was going to be my favorite. Like, yeah, me too. Episodes, and I thought this was going to be my favorite of the bunch so far. Um, yeah. uh, I, I'm watching it out of responsibility for the show because mm-hmm. I, I figured, no, th- he's scoffing at me. Listen no, to him scoff. Um, because this is the one you decided to stick with. That, that That's the part that's amusing to me. Because, no, here's the deal. If you lined up all the characters and I had to pick my favorites out of all of them, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Daredevil would be the first one. Uh, in terms of Jex- Jessica Jones and Luke Cage and Iron Fist, I'm going with Iron Fist. I love Iron Fist the, in the comics. Sure. And... No, at least before Captain Hero got to him. But the, 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 uh, um, okay, so, so, so you want to finish it for, for the show and because of your love for the character. Well, there's another reason. Yes. Colleen one. Jessica Henwick. I think she's gorgeous. She is. She, she, she is, she's very attractive. And I, and as Colleen Wing, I think she is very good. 
Um, uh, she makes the show for me. Her and the guy that plays Ward. I think Ward is phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 growing on me. You just um, hate him. You hate I absolutely, him. I, I didn't I mean, watch Ban- you didn't watch Banshee, right? No, we didn't watch Banshee. What's yeah, up? he's one of the uh heroes of Banshee. He's a uh he's a he's a, a white supremacist that uh that you know has a, a you know a redemption. He he breaks away from it and he uh becomes a cop in Banshee. And uh you know, but it's hard, right? Cuz he's he's covered in the show. This is in the show. Obviously, he's covered in in you know Nazi, you know like and oh like, boy like racist tattoos like like covered like up to up to his face like everything's covered um so needless to say everybody kind of like you know isn't trying to buy that he's like noble cop but he really is and his brother on the show um is is the head of the of the aryan nation nice so that come you know that that comes that's a big yeah it's a, they're the uh, he, he's probably like i'd say like the he's not the main you know the main hero but but he's by the end of the show, he's probably one of the main, you know, he's, it's like the second, like the subplot, if you will, of the whole thing. And, uh, yeah. he was great in that. I loved him. Um, but the, in this, he's much different. I mean, in that he was jacked. I mean, he was, he was probably 20, 30 pounds bigger in terms of muscle. So I don't know if, if they wow. asked him who was waiting for the show or these. Oh, just... he could have been fire fist. Um, <laughs> the, uh, um, Ward has grown on me. I, 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 I get a kick out of, um, when the show, started uh that the uh the narrator from 300 and and um Boromir's brother or the son who didn't die uh from the Lord of the Rings movies is is the father um David Wenzel yeah who's absolutely I thought he was he was he was I think he's great uh on the show uh, at least as far as the character goes um and and I think I don't know I I think the last time I really paid any attention to uh to the guy who ran Rand with with Danny's father uh was the recent um Carrie Andrews uh series. But um while we're watching the show for the first few episodes, all my wife kept asking was, When's Jessica Jones coming back? Mm-hmm. Uh the um I it's I, I don't, I don't, I never fast forward through the credits on any of the shows, but I, I, I love the fact that I see Gil Kane's name in the credits. Um, yeah. and the, uh, it, it's, I am, it, it pisses me off and, and I, and I understand why it happens and, and, uh, you know, the man in black or even when he's fully dressed up as Daredevil. You can have a stunt double, so the fight scenes are going to look fucking awesome on that show. But because we don't really have the benefit of um, of covering his face or having too many faraway shots, the fight scenes are just not as engaging or exciting on Iron Fist, which pisses me off because it's a fucking martial arts show. It's like, how do you make martial arts boring? <laughs> Seriously, it's like, yeah, are, we, are we? Is it so? Are, is it? A how-to show because you're slowing it down so we can all do it. I'm not quite sure how these punches and kicks are really hurting people because it's just, and I mean, even when it, early on in the series, when, when he's, uh, there's the parade and, and he kicks somebody and he's like, well, that was a miss. It was just, I mean, it, it's kind of, it's almost like old 1940s movie punching and kicking where you just, it, it, you know, you're nowhere near the person, uh, that you're supposed to be attacking. But, um, I do, I, I, 
I know a lot of people don't, um, but I do. I, I again because it's Marvel, it's Marvel Comics, and everything's fucking connected. I I enjoy seeing Claire. I enjoy seeing Nightmare show up. Oh, please, shows. I know. Oh, I know. I, I think I she's the worst part of the show. She's, I'm done with Claire. It's like enough. <laughs> I do not understand why in the fuck they would bring her to China. <laughs> That doesn't make any goddamn sense in any way, shape, or form. It makes no, no goddamn sense. She, she must. She, she, she must took a few kickboxing classes. Yes, yes. And and I'm guessing maybe you know she helped Colleen at some point. And Colleen's like, listen, if you want to learn, come by the dojo. And, and you know, even though it's across town, nowhere near Hell's Kitchen, whatever. But it's you know, so not, silly. It I is know, so I silly. It, but I mean, and, and it was it was one part when Danny walks in and she's doing these kicks and she does like this this long ass lunge and because you know Rosario Dawson's a tall person, uh, she she's just kind of and it was just it was the funniest thing because she was tired and it was just but I Renee and I like had to rewind it because we were laughing so hard. But it is I I I like Rosario Dawson anyway. But yeah, I, I can understand why it's like, all right, we, you know, we, we, we get the connection and she's the thread and, and, you know, for some reason she knows everybody who's on these shows. Um, so I can see it being a little bit overdone. Um, but <laughs> a little bit. I, I still, no, it. I can live with the Nick Fury or the, or the, or the Stanley like cameo, like where she does a little <laughs> but, but I mean, I, I feel like part she, of she's, the story. she's been more involved in this. Like I feel like <laughs> I, again, like I, like I don't even have a problem with her being friends with Claire. Like whatever you can make that like a random thing. Like that's cool. But like, uh, uh, but to I mean not Claire uh, to Colleen. Um, but but if you fuck, I mean dude, the, the going to China thing just I I, I wanted to smash my TV. I, I I couldn't fathom why on earth she would ask oh, I, to go and they'd be like, okay, yeah, that's China. cool, you can go. Okay. Um, the uh, I mean at least for Jessica Jones, she didn't show up to like the end of the series. Uh, right. So it's not like, I mean, here it was like in the middle of, of the run and, and here she is. And, and if it was just, you know, if she was just doing kickbox, if, she, if she's just learning some martial arts and then, you know, you didn't see her again until the end or whatever. Right. That's cool. But after that, I mean, that, that, now she's the third wheel on a date and, and it's just now exactly, it's exactly dog. It's like, now, now it's like, when did we invite you to everything? So I was expecting, you know, after, after you banged Colleen, I was expecting him to turn around and just clear in the bed with him. But it, it's just the, uh. And how did boy know how to tap that ass? <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. He had to have been a virgin. Have you of course been? he, he's, yeah, he's been, he's had a, a, an oath of, of celibacy since he was 10. That's what she said. She says you're from, you, you, you were in a monastery, so you, you had a vow of chastity and, and it's like, so it's, there are, but it, and there's some, some problems with with the logic. There's just the same reason when I scream at my TV when, when I'm watching, you know, Arrow from week to week or, or Legends of Tomorrow, and it's like, okay, you guys have you guys have Firestorm That's on, on you, your dog. show. I know, which is why I stop. But I'm like, you guys have fucking Firestorm on your show, but instead of actually using Firestorm, you're just going to have Stein and Jackson do their own thing on their own. And it's like, I, but. You forget what, what what kind of powers these characters have, and it's how is it how is it that Danny can take on a bunch of dudes in a crowded parade, but then he gets sucker punched by, by by an overweight guy in 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 a filing room in a hospital where where it's like it's all quiet and you can't tell me. I know he doesn't have spider sense, but 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 your all your training and shit, you can't tell when someone's coming at you from the side, and and it's just and I don't know why. 
there's I, I haven't I did not check to see if there are different writers from episode to episode, but 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 the there are different directors. Though, I know that yes, and and I know the uh, the RZA RZA um, directed uh, the sixth episode where he had to fight the ah, um, that was the worst episode. And that was that was that was hard to get. It was through. horrible. Um, oh, and and, and uh, although the the cool part though is that he had to save. Sabina, which is of course our boy Ray's wife's name. So I mean, it was neat to hear hear that because I don't hear and that. You name saw too. where the Rizzo was going. He was just trying to like pay homage to like the yes. you know, the thirty six chambers and stuff because of course they're wounded. But but it's like it was so corn bone. It was yeah. like and there were three fucking chambers and it was like <laughs> really, this is and he didn't even finish. It's like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Throw down the gauntlet. Okay, I'm done. Dude, it's like it's like you know you know you know you were always like I mean like. There was nothing worse than if you were the kid that had to like have the bobos because your parents wouldn't buy the Nikes. Yep, dude, he it was the bobo of the chambers match, matches. That was the bobo. That was bobo's version of thirty six chambers. I I think you know I was thinking you know what is this show missing? I think this uh, Luke uh, not Luke Cage um, Iron Fist has no soul. It is a very yeah, cold, right. soulless yeah. show. Mm-hmm. There's no joy in it. Um, what what humor is in it is it seems forced, um, and even is the whole thing where like he all right so he's ten, he gets saved whatever uh, you know trains he he somehow surprises everyone or becomes the Iron Fist like the second he gets the fucking Iron Fist he's like I'm out out yeah <laughs> like like the, the the door opens and he's like I'm out yeah and they fucking he deserts like I would think that would be more than just a like. Hey, hey, dog, uh, go get our boy and bring him back. Like, I think there'd be, like, a little more, like, I mean, this is, like, a, like a millennia-old, like, cosmic, or, like, mystic, like, pact, right? Like, like at least by the comics. I mean, he, like, I know they haven't quite made it clear in the show, but but he had to fight a dragon, like, to to to, to get the Iron Fist. Like, that, you know, he used to prove himself worthy against a dragon. And, like, then he's, like, he bounces. But the thing is, is he doesn't ever answer, answer why he bounced, other than, like, oh, I want to find out have my parents. It's, like... You know what happened to your parents? They died in a fucking plane crash, dog. Yeah, you were there. Like, like you know what I'm saying? It's like I don't know, man. It's like it's. I think it's really poorly. I think it's poorly written. It is. Uh, it I, is. I, I mean, I guess I'm as a glutton too because I'm, I'm, I'm. I've watched ten episodes and I plan on finishing it. But yeah. Uh, but I, I guess I plan on finishing it because I'm because Luke Cage ended on such a whimper. I'm hoping this ends like on a high note, and then we go into the to the defenders like more stoked than I am right now. And that's and and again that whole. Connectedness, connectedness of of it all. I mean, the fact that we haven't seen Madame Gao since the first season of Daredevil, and and you know, I I knew when with the the drug packets with with the the serpent, the dragon without the wings. I'm like, okay, well, that's that's a familiar symbol, and and I see where they're kind of going with that. So so the fact that she shows up, and now, I like Madame Gao. I would say yes. to me, she's my favorite part of the show, actually. And and that's and exa- I am I am more interested. By the supporting cast than I am with Danny, well, and, that's, and I, that's it, terrible. It, that is and terrible. And it hurts me to have to say that because I I absolutely enjoy the Iron Fist character so much from 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 way back in the day, and you know, Byrne brought him back, and you know, even even later, and, and it's just you know, I haven't read too. every single Iron Fist story, but I you know from mm-hmm. the stories that especially the old. O'Neill or Owsley or those old Paramount and Iron Fist stories. Those are that's because that's my golden age, you know. And and, and it's still I, I'm still sore on how they got rid 
of Iron Fist. I'm sleepy. Fucking stupid death ever in comics. <laughs> I mean, just just fucking shove him in the refrigerator next time. It is the absolute. Yeah. Mo- I I was. You know uh, what gets me though? The actual visualization of the Iron Fist is super lame. It, it, it's, it's, it's like, like putting a fucking flashlight on, on the bottom of your hand. No, he's got a yeah, glow stick in his hand it. or something. It's yeah. like, I want to see the, I don't want to see Kirby dots. That's, you don't have to go that far. But at least some kind of something trailing from the fist. Like, give me a, give me the, the perception right, that crackle, there's some dude. kind of crackle. energy here going on, you know? And it just, it, uh, this show fails on me on, Every single level. It's just, it's, it's a chore to watch. It's, it's, it's the weakest, it's the weakest of the three. I'm, see, I'm sorry, of the four. It, you're it, being it's, kind. It's, it's, you're being it's, kind. It's, it's, it, it's stanky. It's just not good. I, you know, not. it's really not good. It's not, you know, I know that reviews were bad coming out of the gates and I definitely was like, all right, well, I'm a judge for myself. But, uh, you know, but, but then I have three more episodes to go. So I reserve the right to come on here in a week and say, "Oh my God, those three episodes were the bomb," and you know, brought the show back for me. But, but I mean, ten episodes in, and it's uh, I, I, it's I, been I, more of an eye roll for me and an eyebrow raise than a. Yeah. I'm glad we're we're kind of in an age where you know we can we can talk about Daredevil and Luke Cage and Arrow and the Flash or Legion, and and then yeah, and then there are some fucking. Eyesores like Iron Fist, like Legends of Tomorrow, like you know. So it's it's, but unlike Legends of Tomorrow, I'm sticking with Iron Fist. I I, I absolutely I they they man I I don't want to. And apparently, the big thing for Legends of Tomorrow right now, I, I saw on, on Twitter, is that they're they're actually putting the uh, the Legion of Doom from the Super Friends that the fucking that that hall that, that that dome is is apparently in the next episode of Legends of Tomorrow. I just I. It it hurts me where where you have characters that are usually good actors playing some some ridiculous. Legends of Tomorrow is the absolute worst of the comic book based television shows right now. I gotta co-sign that. It's pretty pathetic. It is. It is <laughs> absolute. I mean, the first season, I'm like, oh, cool, you know, because they're gonna go through and and even and they even try to like. They, they try to psych you out because the episode titles are like Camelot 3000 or you know, the Brave <laughs> and the Bold. It's like, it's like, oh, all right, cool. And it's like, wow, this is the, f- and I don't like, uh, <laughs> Katie Latu or whatever her name is, who's playing, uh, the White Canary. I'm not, um, no. Yeah. I, I just, I, the dude who's playing, dude who's playing Steel, his last name, his, his name is fucking, I, I thought it was Nathaniel Adam. I thought, I'm, and I see him in silver. I'm like, oh snap, Captain Adam is on the show. But no, it's fucking steel. I'm like, alright, what am I, his name isn't, isn't Hank. What am I missing? Mm-hmm. I'm like, and it's like, how do you, which kind of sort of leads me towards a, uh, a peeve I have with this season of Arrow, which has been kicking ass and they decided to do the Okadoke, they, they swerved us because they introduced the vigilante earlier in the season and they've introduced Adrian Chase. And I, I'm not going any further like, right what? now with that statement, but they did something that um, I think the only reason they did it was 
because it's like, haha, psych. And, and, and I, I I'm going to wait to see, you know, it, I think episode 17 was, was last night. So the season is almost over. We, we, we have probably less uh, about a half a dozen episodes. The season ends, but, um, yeah, Arrow did something that as the season has been rocking, but I'll it, tell you it, what, what, hot take, hot take. The Flash has kind of been the suck this year too. I, the, I don't know what it is about third seasons. The, the, I, this, the last last year's Arrow was was bad, and the year before that, eh, but last year, no, no bueno. But this this year, Arrow came back, and I'm like, now we're getting somewhere, which is funny because this season of The Flash is the absolute worst of the three so far. I mean, I'm still Easily. watching it. And no, I'm we are too. I, and, I, and that's not one that I'm like, I'm not going to stop watching because I still find the characters endearing, but it's, yep. it's been objectively been boring as fuck. I mean, nothing's and, happened. And other yeah. than like the Gorilla City stuff, which was kind of neat. And then, uh, and then, uh, I mean, this avatar is not even compelling. And it's, it's like, no, how, it's are like, we going to have the speedster of the, yes. of the year? Like, is that is every year going to be it's, a new speedster? I mean, it's like really boring. And, uh, you know what? Now that I think about it, dude, real talk, Supergirl hasn't been that hot this year. No, because of fucking Monel. Monel's been terrible. The, the Monel storyline yeah. is the absolute. Fun. How do you how do you make a decent character? It's like it's like the people who are making Iron Fist decided to watch Supergirl this season. They're like, oh, okay, so this is Monel. All right, so we're just going to make something shitty then. I just it it's um the character of Monel is it, it, the comic book character. Cool. I like Var- Largan. I like Valor. I'm like, all right, cool. We're going to have Monel because we're not going to put Superman in every episode. So let's have <laughs> Monel. But. It's it's a love interest, but the dude it's 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 from a frat boy planet. Everybody walks around, I guess, smelling like Axe body spray. It's just it it he he is the douchiest character. I I I, I don't like the character Monel on the Supergirl show, and and you know, but I am still watching it because I'm hoping and 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 they'll throw us a bone every once in a while because Terry Hatcher. Was on yeah, yeah, yeah. this week's episode. Well, there's, there's, you know, one, so, there's one good reason the to watch too Supergirl. Is, yeah, of course, Melissa. Melissa. Yeah. yeah, well, there's two. Yeah, yeah. Melissa and 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 Tyler. But yes, um, she, oh, Kyler, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Sorry. but I was gonna say, but here's the thing, though. I mean, again, like I agree with you. I think Monel's been the, the biggest plate, but I got no love for 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 Jimmy being. No, uh, I, I'm like, not a fan of him being the guardian. The guardian. I mean, like again, I don't mind him. Like the story of him trying to be a, a hero. But he should suck at it. Like, yeah, right Jimmy doesn't game. have milk. Like, how how is he some awesome martial artist all of a sudden? Like, I like where we he's, he's he's a journalist, and you know, so we pick these things up, I guess. Right. And then the third part is I, I love Kyler, and I liked her on Grey's Anatomy too when I was watching that with my wife. But ah, oh, so but, sad, uh, right? But yeah, but but uh, but dude, I gotta say, like, she was this badass, and now she's this like. Oh, I'm so in love and I love, I love yeah. I'm uncomfortable with my sexuality. I mean, she's like on the show. She's what, like a 30 year old woman or older? Uh-huh. Like, I, I, I know. I don't yeah. know, man. It feels like it almost feels like like pandering for like to to make her the obligatory like oh, I'm coming out. Like, like you're a year old woman. Like, you got to come out at 30. Like that doesn't. I mean, come on, it doesn't make any sense to me. That's that's the makings of a CW show. You got to have that gay character on her. It's like when it was on CBS and they kind of could kind of get away with it by you know ignoring it or not even. Uh, broaching the subject, but now that it's on the CW, it's like okay, well, we have certain demographics and certain audience members. But even, have. but you know what though? Then, then just make like my thing there is like 
it's it's 2017. Just make her a gay character. Exactly. Don't don't, don't have a whole scene of like, with her feelings. oh, you're not emotionally ready for it, and oh, and then she can't talk to her at the bar because she feels spurned, and the other one feels spurned. It's like I didn't, I don't want to watch the o- OC. I know, I, no, like you're right. Like, I know there's going to be. I mean, I want to watch a fun, uplifting superhero story. I want it to be about Melissa kicking ass and taking names against really ham-handed cheesy villains and i want occasionally to get a bone with some other dc character hanging (laughs) like 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 jumping in that's what i want i think that's what most people want please give it to me maggie slurry is kind of hot uh the um and 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 vince will love this week's episode of the flash because just like once more with feeling it was a musical yeah and (laughs) one way to lose me do do a musical episode what was great about? I mean, I, I wasn't a fan of the uh, of the end or the whole kind of resetting the hitting the reset button, but uh, the fact that they everybody could pull off what they were doing. I mean, the people who were singing, slamming, and and I mean, I, Jesse L. Martin. I knew I could sing because I loved him in Rent. Yeah. Um, and 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 I knew because because of the Glee background, um, right, the music meister and Melissa and Grant could do their part. But fucking Grant tap dancing like nobody's fucking business was awesome to see. Um, I would personally like to thank David A. Price for single handedly earning our explicit tag for this episode. Thank you. It wasn't the first time. No, mm-hmm. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's compounded. Oh, okay, amazing. So the the uh, the no, it was I I um I I have to I gotta buy the uh, the soundtrack to the episode just like I did with Buffy the Vampire Slayer, so I can play that on the road trip to uh, to Charlotte. Mm-hmm. But oh my god, uh, it's, no, it's there. There have been and again I. It's maybe just because we've been riding a high and, and we've had a few good years of some really solid comic book shows on TV. Um, I, cause it's not even like we're getting, we're, we're getting jaded or, or complacent. It's just, 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 just tell good stories. That, that's all I want. I, I, it doesn't matter how long you've been running or, or what I've seen before. Just tell good stories and, yeah. and, I think Marvel's trying to get these shows out too quickly. There is some pre-production, some planning, but I don't think there's a whole lot of it because, I mean, rapid fire succession. We we've gotten four shows, bang, 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 and it's just I I think they're they're the the uh, the rise is too quick and too widespread, and we're seeing the effects of that right now with Iron Fist. I think. Well, again, though, I think if if they weren't if the seasons weren't as long, right, um, it would it would probably help because it, it's because it, you have people who who are going to binge as many as they can. And I don't know too many people who are actually watching, you know, taking thirteen weeks to to, to watch a season. Um, but you know, they 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 have to touch on certain things. They mention the incident quite a few times. Yeah, uh, the green guy, yeah, the guy. yeah. I I, I don't. I disagree with you, Vince. That that uh, that um, 
that they're coming out too fast. I, I think it's more of an issue of, 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 t- of tightening up the writing because, I mean, I'm looking at the schedule now. I mean, they're basically putting out like two and a half a year. I don't think that's a problem because that, that's basically that's uh, that's like a full. It's effectively like a full TV season of a, of a network show on a network show. Yeah. So you, I mean, well, it, they just need to tighten it up. Right. When you think about it, three episodes. That's a Jackson movie. Right? You're talking two hours and, and 40 some yeah. minutes, right? Yeah, yeah. If you can't compel me to keep watching in two hours and 45 oh, for minutes, sure. like by episode three, I'm like, why am I keeping watching? Story this? Story, but, but, but you, you're, an episode should have a beginning, middle, and end, so you only have 58 minutes to do that in, whereas a movie, yeah. if you're going to have a beginning, middle, and end, you have two and a half hours to do that in. So you, you, you've got But it's got still some, the same time frame. You know, no, not if, if you're going by episode. Not if you're only watching uh, each episode has a beginning, middle, and end. If, and that's only within less than sixty minutes. Maybe that's the the thing where we're talking, like you said, thirteen episodes where they have to drag everything right. out to make that's the thirteen the episodes. They, it, the, the, the first three episodes are painful. They are. They it's 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 like it's, Chinese it's, water torture. It's just, each, get each on episode, with this. It it gets better. I, I, yes, there, there have been a couple of stumbles as, as the series goes on, but, but after the first couple episodes, I mean, from the first episode to the second to the third, they, each one got better. Um, but you're asking the, someone uh, to take three hours out of their life. No, I agree. It's unreasonable, which is why it's yes. getting panned. I mean, yeah. look, I mean, while I do think, as I said already, that I think the quality of each of the Netflix shows for me has fallen a bit. I mean, they were generally all up until this point really well received from a critical standpoint. Now, right. Uh, so. I know that they, I know Netflix releases them on disc after the season, that, you know, a few months after it wraps oh, up. I didn't even know they did that. I've seen it for House of Cards, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I believe they're out there for Daredevil. So I'm curious if there's, I don't know, I, I don't know if it's a Marvel thing, because I know, because yes, yeah, Stranger Things was eight episodes, but House of Cards is 13. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if, you know, I don't know about the, the Santa Clarita diet. I don't know if, what the I don't know what Mark Narcos was, um, so I'm not sure if most of their shows are 13 episodes, maybe some are 10. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I have no idea what the deal is, and I don't know if they're just like, okay, you know, we're if I don't know what the magic number is, I don't know why, you know, if if it's a money thing, if it's you know the 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 if if there's some scientific algorithm that that Netflix has that says, you know, our, our, our average average customer, you know, is 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 fine with you know we'll, we'll sit down for a day to watch a, a season. But I if 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 FX can show an episode of Legion and and one week it's an hour and eleven minutes and then the next week it's it's an hour and seven. Why is that able to go beyond an hour and and but we're forcing the Marvel shows on Netflix to go 13 episodes uh, at an hour apiece. Hey, even The Walking Dead, one week will be 90 minutes. The next week, it's it's 68 minutes. It's, I, I don't. They're just they're telling the story for however long the story takes to tell. That's what we're doing, and right. it it just it. I don't even know how long. I mean, I just the only, the only reason I know if it's longer than an hour is because if I'm fast forwarding through commercials, I see where the timer is. But otherwise, I, I don't pay attention to how long an episode of The Walking Dead is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, well, these Iron Fist episodes seem like you know two and a half hours. <laughs> longer than an hour. Yes. So here's the schedule. I mean, so so obviously Iron Fist has, has just come out this fall. Will be the Defenders. 
then uh, also the Punisher is coming out this year, but that's to, that they haven't announced a release date. So I don't know if it's coming before or after the defense. That should be a miniseries. That should not be 13 episodes. Well, I, I really guess, hope it isn't. Yeah. Then Jessica Jones Season 2, early 2018, so again, probably right around this time next year. Then Daredevil Season 3, which will be fall of next year. So that's a long break in between those two, but that's okay. Uh, and then Luke Cage Season 2 at the end of 18, possibly pushed into spring of 19. So I hate the intro, too. Yeah, I'm not, it, it's, I, I don't, I mean, because he doesn't, there, there's one one scene that I like that looks like the Chinese lettering from the top. But other than that, right. I'm not I'm, I'm not thrilled with the whole. I think the in, uh, it, the intro encapsulates everything that's wrong about the series for me. It looks too plastic. It's too soulless. It's too prefabricated. It's just it's not enticing at all. Whatever. All right, let's yeah. move on. We have talk about some comics, baby. Yeah, we yes. haven't talked about real comics. Um, yeah, let's talk about the. Big, the big, the, the numero uno. Oh. The new number one. Yeah. Great jumping on point. It is a good jumping on point. Well, I, and I'll, I'll be able to speak to that for someone who is Man jumping here. on. Okay. Um, from the fine folks at Valiant, we're talking about Exo Manowar Volume 4, number one. Written by Matt Kent, illustrated by Thomas Giorello, uh, or is it Tomas? I think it's Tomas Giorello. Uh, color art by Diego Rodriguez. Now, um, David and I were talking on the Slack. I don't know where Jason was. And, um, driving. <laughs> and, uh, I said, right, I'm uh, commenting on the issue, I said, oh no, it's a time jump. And David didn't know that. Nope. So that's very important. dude. No, it is a time jump because if you read the Exo Manowar series as I did, you would know that the events of issue 50 and the events of Exo Manowar volume 4 number 1, there's a whole lot of stuff missing between the two. So we're going to we're going to find out what's going on. As the issue opens, Eric is on the planet Gorin. What? Not on Earth? No, he's on the he's on a, a, another planet. Uh, he's he's a uh, adopted the uh, the role of a farmer, a very you know humble man out there just tending to his crops and making love to this this woman called Shone who has a tail. Um, Blue. So I had to ask, like, what's up? Where's Sana? Where's his wife? <laughs> We're like, ooh, huh? What? What's going on here? Uh, but we find out uh, that um, it's implied that Sana has passed on. Or he done left her. We don't. No, no, I think she's dead because I don't think he would have left her. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Shone has a tail, as does does many of the, the denizens of this, this planet Goran. And there seems to be um, a war. Well, it doesn't seem. There is a war brewing between... This this Azure Nation and the uh, Cadmium Empire. So I guess Matt is p- really pushing the color theory on on this story because everything like Cadmium is a, a essential ingredient in in many colors and Azure. Okay, so but Eric has lost a hand. 
Yeah, yeah he's, he's got a scarred up, and he's, he's got like got an X, an X scar on him. Yeah, he's got a stump going on, and he's, he's got seen, a shitload of X scars on his body. And he he has seemed to have moved on from the Shanhara armor. Like he still talks to it, um, but they violates it. Yeah, there's a distance between the two. Um, but anyway, Eric is can, is. can you? I'm sorry. Before you go on, can you? Because this is where you say good jumping on point. Can you give me and maybe the listeners who don't know the exo that well what the deal is with this armor and why he's like talking to it and why he might be upset with it? Well, he was captured by the vine. Um, he's a Visigoth. Way back when he was captured by the vine, brought back to the to Loam, the vine homeworld, forced into slavery. And uh, the the Shanhara armor is is a sacred relic of of um, it's not a relic, an artifact of okay. of the vine, and only certain people can can bond with the armor, and they they seek uh-huh. the champion, and many die in the process of of okay. wrangling the armor, and and uh, Eric was the one, and he was an alien. And they were all aghast that an alien bonded with the Shanhara armor. And that's the whole thing about, about Exo Manowar is that he's a stranger in a strange land who has somehow been seen to be fitting by this, this holy artificial intelligence that yes, he's worthy. Why? But, mm-hmm. and, and so you find out why in a manner of speaking through the whole Exo Manowar series. And then you had the, you know, the Vine War and Loam has been destroyed and all the, the stragglers come to Earth and that led to the, uh, the events in the, the previous series where the refugees and Eric has set up a, a camp and he accepted them and that didn't sit well with the government. And then you had the whole Trill who was, uh, a staunch, um, Vine agent and there was, uh, um, implanted uh vine agents among the humans and it's it's just a great series but now it just seems like that's all in the past eric has moved on i mean he's on another he, it, it's neat that kent actually took him off planet because he has left everything all of that previous history behind he's vacated the planet in favor of another one so that symbolically says to me that that's all gone Right, and it is. If you read this, you can read this uh, new number one and know absolutely nothing about Exo Manowar. Well, that's where I was. That's that's what I'm saying. That, that's where I was. Sure, and yeah. and, and so Eric is uh, against his will drafted into the Azure Nation army, not given <laughs> a weapon. Uh, there's a massive push because he's. Because they just they view him as can as 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 like opening fire. Yeah, yeah, fire, they're, they're they're cannon fodder. Like he's berated yeah. by the the uh, Azure Nation uh, soldiers. Like you know, y- you're nothing but a shield anyway to keep the real warriors going. And um, he's outfitted with a grappling hook and told to to get to the top of this cliff and then when you're up there then you know we'll tell you what to do and matt there's casualties all around him uh guys getting shot in the head soldiers getting um their heads lopped off it's just massive bloodshed but eric being eric he's a great fighter manages to to crest the the top of the hill and then there's the 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 push towards the 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 cadmium uh stronghold but uh the azure nation 
emperor actually brings Eric to him and saying he tells him, you know, I don't know what you have. I don't know if it's just luck or or cunning or or just plain, you know, stupidity. But you you did what many people don't do. You survived. I'm gonna keep my eye on you. And and uh, so he sends Eric on a suicide mission. He's got to go into the cadmium um, stronghold and disable the uh, communications device with their their ships and just make it easy for the Azure nation to breach the stronghold. And so Eric, knowing that it's a suicide mission, calls the armor and says, hey, yeah, I guess I need you one more time. Let's of go. Let, let's go do this, and that's where the issue ends. But talk about just a sea change from what has gone before. Like this is nothing <laughs> like what we've read in the previous volume of Exo Manowar. Um, we'll first get Jason back. He got knocked off. I was talking yep. here. I didn't even notice. Oh, I'm sorry. And he says, "Arg." No, you said you said Arg. He said, "Got bounced." He did get bounced. Sorry about mm-hmm. that, Jason. I got you back. But what I said was, this is nothing like what has previously come out of the Exo Man of War saga. Mm-hmm. Which now you tell me, was that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, I mean, as you said, I, I mean, I'm coming at it from someone who doesn't have that backstory. So um, I think they did a great job in the sense that I. I I got the sense that this was at some point in the future from whatever is the, the normal or at least the last status quo for him. Um, you know, I got the, now I had no idea if, I mean, as someone who wasn't familiar with Exo going into this, this kind of seemed like, I mean, this is, I guess, like with many fic- fictional narratives, it's, it's not breaking new ground in this. I mean, there's lots of, of these types of characters, right? These sort of like, um, you know, fish out of water, you know, champion from another land type of thing, right? Like, a, like you know, um, so so that I mean, I, I've you know, this is kind of like it's almost like um, I don't know, like uh, like reminded me a lot of like John Carter of Mars or yeah. you know, yeah, sure. uh, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, no, I, I I dug it. I mean, it was clear that that a lot of he's been through a lot in his life uh, that he's exhausted that he had he's. He's he's uh you know in that uh, again not something we haven't seen a million times before but done well he's that you know begrudging you know former badass just trying to live a life you know on a, you know, a different type of life now but it's just impossible for him not to be brought back into the shit and um you know he goes through a lot of travails once he's conscripted um you know and is so impressive in basically surviving I mean because no one thought he would survive much less any of the people he was conscripted with. That uh, he immediately gains the attention of of the higher ups, the powers that be. Um, but I guess you know the climax of the book being that uh, uh, that he he needs his armor. So that's what I, I guess I, I was. What I was wondering is, has he has he always had like a a love hate relationship with an armor, or is this just a, a new a new thing that we're going to find out why he's upset with, like why he tried to distance himself from his no, armor? No, they were at odds. More well, often, why? more like, often why than would, not, why, is it a sentient armor? What, like, well, what is he at odds with? I don't. Yeah, it's it's um, it's Eric is uh, he was a warrior before he got mm-hmm. um, kidnapped by the vine. 
so he's used to doing things um, on his own. But now you have something that massively augments your power. As a warrior, yeah, you're going to embrace this. But there was a price to pay in 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 taking on the the armor because he got elevated to godlike status. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the vine so it's that powerful. I mean, it's, it's oh, yo, it's it's massively powerful. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, in in the Valiant universe, the powerhouses are um, well, top is divinity. I don't think there's anyone more powerful than divinity. Oh, in, in it makes the, sense because by, by, by the name, he's, I mean, it's, it's a god, right? I mean, right, but Exo's up there. Like, he's he's <clears throat> at least top top three. Oh, I see. He's, he's, well, he's, well he's, he's physically menacing, whereas someone like Stanchik or Harada or Divinity can uh, – they, they're the, – Divinity would be the closest to to Nyan, but mm-hmm. at, at least the um, the uh, the stand checks of, of the Valiant Universe. Um, yeah, I think they may not be physically imposing, but right. I they, think stand checks uh, number one. No, stand checks number two. I don't think, like I said, behind Divinity. Behind Divinity, yeah. Abrams massively powerful. Yes, I'm, I'm sounding geeky. But no, but I, that no, happens. With I the, mean, yes, Abram could just. Well, yeah, yeah Abram's like molecule man, right? He can yeah, whatever he wants to do, he can right. make it happen. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. Um, but no, I just, I just think that um, Eric sees the armor as augmentation that he doesn't often feel that he needs. Mm-hmm. But but there's there's a fr- there was a friendship there, like not a friendship, maybe a reluctant admission of. Yeah, you provide as much to me as as I give to you, kind of deal. Where you know, it's I guess key- what I'm asking is, what does he lose from it? Like, what, like, like, what, like, if he is a warrior, why wouldn't he embrace it if it had no downside and just become like, uh, like a like like a, a ruler or a warrior king or whatever? I mean, what what is the? Well, I think he the, sees it as a shortcoming. He, he it's it's like it's like someone who has been a trained fighter and you give him a gun. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, what do I need that for? Yeah, no, it, it's yeah, because it, the threat. It, it's the man, not not the uniform. It, it's okay. not, right. He he he's who he is. It's it's mm-hmm. yeah. The armor is great and all, but that's not the the armor is not what makes him him. But the armor right. got the armor got him home. Yes, from Loam. Without the armor, mm-hmm. he'd still mm-hmm. be he'd still be a slave or dead mm-hmm. on Loam. So reluctantly, yeah, he admits that you know he needs it, but. That's not that's not Eric. He he doesn't admit, and that that was the great thing about Sana. I think she was a fantastic character because she gave him a conscience. A lot of times, Eric, being Eric, just wants to go in guns blazing and just raise the place. And okay, problem solved. But she made him think, mm-hmm. and there was a a great scene um, leading up to the wedding where. Um, uh, Eric consulted with Dr. Mirage and said, all right, I'm, I, I'm, I'm with this woman. I want to marry her, but I'm not sure that Deidre, that was his previous wife, would be okay with this. And Dr. Mirage did her thing, you know, and, you know, talking to the dead and she, she communed with Deidre and he, he asked his dead wife, you know, for approval and she gave it to him 
It was a ama- mm-hmm. it was an amazing scene, right? That only could have been accomplished with Doctor Mirage, and so he he married her, blah blah. blah but she's crucial to the events in the in the like last. Ten issues of Exo Manowar because she she's a strong woman. She gave him, um, she challenged his beliefs and she showed him that you know um, might and force and war is not the answer in many cases. You know, mm-hmm. compassion is is a good thing. Um, and without her, he didn't have that. He's a Visigoth, right? Kree got kill. You know. Um, yeah, but no, it's Exo is a great series. This is just I was a little bit taken aback when when he was with another woman because I I love the character of Sana, mm-hmm. and then but this is what Matt Kent does really well. He he, I think he's got a a real knack for, you know, the different Kent spin, and he's revitalizing this because let's be honest, Exo didn't sell extremely well. Mm-hmm. The, initial, the initial issues did one, you know, first bunch, but then as everything with attrition, people go away, and it did last fifty issues too. So I you mean the original XO? No, the the, the Valiant no, the one before the, this. The, the new Valiants. Oh, I, I, I say new, but yeah, no, the original. Well, I mean, if we're being fair, I mean, not I'm not saying this in a derogatory way, but I mean, are you saying it sold less than like? Other Valiant comics? Because all the Valiant comics are very low sellers. No, I think the first couple issues, I think issue one sold 50,000. That's way, way, way more than than Valiant normally sells. That's what I'm saying. Like, right, it, right. That sounds like a good, good scene. No, it well, started off really strong. A great seller. Right, but it started off strong, but it, like I said, it lasted 50 issues. I can only imagine what it was selling towards mm-hmm. the end. The fact that they have ended that run and began it again, that tells you all you need to know. Right, if it was a successful run, they they wouldn't have terminated it. Mm-hmm. So, um, and th- no, I think this is a good thing because people have very short attention spans and memories. So yeah. let's put a different spin on XO, and you know we'll see what happens. They could all this being set in the future, they could always go back and fill in the blanks leading up to this. We don't know how many years. Have passed between Exo Manowar fifty and this, so there's there's plenty of opportunity to go back and re you know tell those stories. I think this is a a good thing that they're they're putting a new spin on it, make it fresh, cool. connect with the new readers. The cover is amazing. The art by uh, Tomas Giarello is fantastic. That that mm-hmm. that creature when he gets. Towards the castle, and he's got the grenade. That creature thing that that comes yep. out. Oh my god, that is beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, the art's just kicking. Yeah, Giorello is a beast. I mean, uh, yeah, I, ha- I haven't seen his art all that often. I know he did a couple of those fill-ins for Bloodshot. I know he took over uh, Winter World at the end when uh, the original artist couldn't finish uh, the the second, the new version. Right, right. Um, uh, but I see he's he's done a just. He spent most of the last two decades drawing Conan. Yeah, he, so this fits. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and Eric is is shaggy. He's got long hair and a mustache mm-hmm. and a beard. Uh, did not have that, so time has passed. Uh, mm-hmm. no, I'm I'm intrigued. I'm I'm. Come on, it's valiant. I'm I'm embedded. I'm stuck. I yeah. I, I will 
see this through. I mean, just to give you an example, though, we're talking about here. I mean, uh, XO number 48 sold 7,900 copies. See what I mean? Right? Steady decline. Well, I mean, but that's all that. I mean, uh, like all of the Valiant are pretty much looking that way to me. Like, I'm just looking at, I haven't looked at Valiant. I mean, uh, our ANA, Arthur and Armstrong 5 was 8,300. Bloodshot Reborn 15 was 8,000. I, uh, I, I just don't yeah. get it. I don't get why these books aren't getting a a, a wider... Uh, I mean, if you want to talk about the low sellers, the low sellers are actually Eternal Warrior, Ninjak, and Rai. That's Those are the ones. They're in the 5,000. Silly. It's silly. These are great books. Why are they not catching on like wildfire? Yeah. No, I mean, well, you know, I agree with you. I agree with you there. I mean, 4,001, which I guess is their event, you could say, I guess. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that definitely was an event. Yeah, Yeah, 13,000 copies. That's stupid. Yeah. Now, oh, and funny enough, uh, so Faith is their big hit. Yes. 23,000 copies. Yeah. That has connected with a, a, a significant amount of, of women. And it's a, you know, I, I know you, I'm not, not going to make a joke. I know you don't, you, you're not grooving on it. But no, I think it's a great book. No, it, let's be fair. I, I haven't even read it. I, I make fun of the character wrongly because I think it's funny, but that that's but it's insensitive. I have not tried the series, so I can't really speak to the series itself. It's it's genuine. In in Flippa gave me all of it though to read for, for the Christmas exchange. So X, I got this in here. Nice. Yep. There's there's a genuineness to faith that is missing from the Marvel books. Focusing on female mm-hmm. characters, it seems like Marvel will launch a, a, a female-centric he- hero book just because. Where it just yeah. and, and Faith just seems like a natural th- progression from where she came from. It's like, well, yeah. And, and to your, yeah, I mean, to your point about about the the sales decline. So the number I gave you was for Faith number one. Mm-hmm. So December sixteen, Faith number six is down at seventy four hundred, which is like in there, but like. You can see, like, if you're look, if you're good at like pattern recognition, you can see that like the valiant numbers are not in, like they're indicative of the direct market's appetite for it, not the fans' appetite. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. like every one of the books sells between like nine and six thousand, but they're all mostly bunched up in the mid seven thousands, which tells you that there's just only so many public uh, LCS guys that are willing to even stock valiant. Period. Oh no! Like that, that's the issue. Like no, that's exactly that, the issue. It's not that the fans don't know it or don't like it. It's that they don't even know it exists because their LCSs don't carry it. Right, and and I will testify to the the veracity of your claims because, um, I I still like to to go to the the shop every so often, and Dave and I will have discussions, and I I keep telling him how great the Valiant books are, and he's like, I ordered the Valiant books for those who want them. And I get none for the shelves. Mm-hmm. He will not invest beyond the ones that prepay, and yeah. I, I can't really blame him, right? Because I got to tell you, I, I haven't. I mean, I haven't looked at the numbers in a long time, and I won't look at them again after tonight because they're depressing. When you look at the non-Marvel DC books, it's depressing. Of course, it is. Yeah. What would you guess Ether sells? No, another Kent book with my man David Rubin. Um, sixty five hundred. Sixty three hundred. Last issue sold. 
Yep. How about uh, Harrow County, a book we all love? Uh, 4,800. Mm, 5,900. But still, that's very, very low. <laughs> that's ridiculous, uh, right? Black Hammer, 11,000. Oh, well, that's surprising. I didn't. I Dude, wouldn't have thought. Really, it. Now, this really bums me out. Department H. Oh, I would say under four thousand. Forty three hundred. Wow. Do forty three hundred for a book like that? But these I mean, these numbers you're reading don't these don't include digital, right? Right. They don't. Although I don't, from what I understand, digital is not like. You know, you maybe add twenty percent to it for a book like these. I I don't. That's in, what I people part, that sell a lot of digital tell me that's that's the number. You, you, there's some books like Miss Marvel, some other stuff Trent, like break that mold. But but generally the digital, you know, you, you, if you're if you're projecting more than like a twenty percent bump from the print, you're you're probably being too optimistic. Yeah. So I don't care about numbers. You know me. Uh, I know. I'm, I, I, that's we haven't talked numbers in years, frankly, because we don't. Yeah. Pay the the yeah. only reason why I would ever glance at the numbers is to see which of my beloved series will go will go away very soon. Yeah. yeah. It's it's yeah, sad. No, it's a, it's a now, do you do you honestly think like if if somehow um, either Marvel or DC bought Valiant? Do, do you think those and they started publishing the books under the Marvel banner? Do you think the numbers would really jump? I don't know. Look at all the. Uh, the well, yeah, no, they would because again, I'm looking at like Marvel and DC's fiftieth best-selling books. Even even ones that frankly stink uh, sell, you know, thirty, forty thousand copies. I looked at the numbers for the Dark Tower series, and I was appalled at how low they were. Mm-hmm. And you're talking Stephen King, and the numbers were like pathetic. But to your point, I mean, Marvel's low end books are not too far above that. Like Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, which all I ever hear about are all the social justice warriors raving about that book. Uh, Twelve thousand copies, I and mean, that's got to be a book that either sells a lot digitally or has got to be close to being canceled. Scarlet Witch, twelve thousand copies. Great Lakes Avengers, twelve thousand copies. You know. Uh, Thunderbolts fourteen thousand. Wow, that's surprising, dude. The Spider Woman fourteen thousand. That depresses me. It's a great book. Wow, that's an amazing book. Uh, yeah, man. And they 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 talk about this. Didn't they say that this was a a, a good year for comics so far? No, this year's been a bad year. Oh, okay. We, we just had a string of excellent years, but this year's been tough. Last year ended on a whimper, and it's it's been tough so far this year. Oh. I wonder why that is. But anyway, um, yeah, just uh, I don't numbers. The, the 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 eyes start to gloss over, and and I I think of other things whenever that uh, subject <coughs> subject comes up. I, yeah, I'm I'm having trouble reconciling that uh, that uh, Gwenpool sells more than Power Man. <sighs> <laughs> Okay. So, yes. Um, do you want to segue into another Valiant book before we uh, – just so I can put the Valiant Orama in the yeah, show. Yeah, do it up. Um, <laughs> y- you finished uh, Bloodshot USA, correct? I did. David? I did. And and we all read Bloodshot, the Slack channel. Bloodshot Reborn, right? 
Zero. Number zero, yes. I'm sorry. Correct. Uh, So, uh, Bloodshot Reborn number zero is a standalone issue written by Jeff Lemire, illustrated by Renato Geddes, color art by Andrew Dalhouse. Mm -hmm. I was, uh, story-wise, I thought Bloodshot USA was great. Visually, and I'm a fan of this man. Um, I don't think Braithwaite brought it on uh, Bloodshot USA. I, I have seen much better Braithwaite. I think he brought it at the start, but it, I agree. It, it, didn't, it didn't end as strong. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, it feels like he he the deadlines sort of kicking in and he had to start. Yeah, but it wasn't even inked. It was just darkened pencils. But, yeah, I haven't. I, I don't remember the last time I've seen. Non-dark and penciled Braithwaite. Yeah, I feel like that's his thing, right? Uh, but, I mean, the story was great. Uh, Project Rising Spirit infects the uh, island of Manhattan with the uh, nanites, and you have bloodshots running around all over the place. Um, Ray and the bloodshot family uh, enter the scene with Ninjak and, and Ginger, and it's uh, things things come to a head. There's a massive battle. In the end, K. McHenry is the one that turns turns the tide. Um, she saves the day. It did not end the way I thought it would. When when K. got her uh, her wits and stopped being deathmate and and you know actually could make a decision on her own, I thought for sure that uh, Ray and K. were gonna reconcile and, and and ride off into the sunset. But thankfully, uh, Ray's smarter than I gave him credit for, and he, he stayed with magic. Because there are things, uh, as we've seen in Bloodshot Reborn number zero, there are things about Kay McHenry, which, well, she's kind of cozying up to um, Agent Festival. Take you know, take that as you will. Mm-hmm. Which means that you know she may like yeah, the ladies, which is okay. I don't know. And it's all right. I don't know. I don't know if I know. It's absolutely all right. I don't know if I read that much into. Oh, it was definitely a date. It was a date. The, uh, come on. You want to come fly with me? Think? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was, I guess you're right. Yeah. It was a date. Um, but so Bloodshot Reborn number zero is is uh, the fallout. Everything that that uh, was unanswered at the end of Bloodshot USA is is kind of uh, examined. Uh, we know Kozel is dead, the mastermind behind the events of Bloodshot USA. Uh, Bloodshot family and Project Rising Spirit actually make the news. So the cat's out of the bag. It's like Project Rising Spirit was like a hush-hush. Those who knew, knew. But the general public had no idea this thing was going on. But now it's starting to come out into the open. Um, and, and there's actual footage of the Bloodshot uh, family on the news. Um, Magic kind of gives Ray the business about Kay McHenry. You know, is this a thing? Is this not a thing? Uh, used to love her, even though he told her no. But it, and then we learn that, you know, magic has other concerns. She's pregnant. 
That's awesome. That's awesome. That Bloodshot will have a blood squirt that's not a a cartoon. I know. A blood baby. It's so great. Uh, but. Something's gonna happen though, right? I, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love magic. I think she's the perfect, uh, woman for Ray. I, I'm a sucker for a happy ending. And that's mm-hmm. what, that's what we get here in Bloodshot Reborn. Um, zero. Zero, sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, Project Rising Spirit is dead, but not really because the, the movers and shakers behind the scenes planned for it. The, the demise of Rising Spirit and Project Omen emerges from the ashes of, of Rising Spirit. Uh, Diane Festival bonds, in quotes, with with Kay McHenry. And the 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 single thing that I didn't like about this issue, because you know I like cool characters, the Bloodshot Gang is returned to normal. That sucks. Well. <clears throat> Wait, what do you mean return to normal? Are they, you sure they can't turn like Ray can? No. Yeah, no, that's what they, they even said that. No, they said that they, they got the newer nanites that allow them to change their appearance. Uh, did I miss that balloon? That was in the, the, yeah, that was in the, in the early part of it. She said they were even explaining like, well, your new nanites will allow you to change your appearance just like Ray. Because you're not going to want to be seen but, with Ray okay, and red eyes. Okay, okay. I'm so, they're, so they're good. They're good. I'm good. Um, so I don't want to talk about this anymore. What did you guys think? Because I've been preaching bloodshot forever. Um, well, I guess as the uh, as the newest convert to the bloodshot thing, uh, first of all, I agree with y'all on the uh, on the USA um, Braithwaite. Uh, I've seen better. Um, as rough layouts, they were great. Yeah, I mean, not as not, and I, but I dug the story. I dug the story. The story was awesome. Yeah. Um, um, so, so yes, that was fine. And, uh, the thing I got to give Bloodshot credit for, you know, having, having literally read all of the modern Valiant Bloodshot, uh, in the last couple months catching up, um, I like the way they keep kind of resetting things and, uh, they're not afraid to throw them into completely different situations. And so, uh, the thing is, is we know if we're getting a happy zero issue, it's going to be, he's, a, he's, a, he's going to be seeing some really dark times, right? Right. Right, because ultimately Bloodshot is the was one of those characters like the Punisher, like where you know, he's got to be put in a, a, just a dire situation where he can just he can just be that rampaging killing machine that is what he was designed to do. He can run from it for a while, and and uh, but but when you know we are who we are, and I think that ultimately it comes back to Bloodshot's going to be who he's going to be, which is a killing machine. Though so apparently um, he'll be able to stay happy for a couple of months because it looks like Bloodshot Salvation starts in September. Aha. There we go. It's we go. it's it's weird. It's both strange and comforting to see Ray happy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yeah. I, th- I mean, aside from what uh, Lemire is doing here, um, I read the Swarzynski stuff when Valiant relaunched and and they brought Bloodshot back. I didn't read that entire run. So I didn't um, know what was happening towards the end of that before Bloodshot Reborn. But um, I am, but, but since the Valiant and everything that happened with Kay and 
and with Ray being human again, um, reading all of that, it, it's been a, a pretty fun journey. Um, the zero issue, I thought, you know, a, after reading, you know, Bloodshot Island and Bloodshot USA, um, it was, it definitely ended things well for, for this particular volume of, uh, of Bloodshot. Uh, with the zero issue, I think my only, my only problems is the, uh, is Renato's art in some places. I, I enjoyed him on the Superman books, the, the pre new 52 stuff from a few years ago. Uh, so I know he can, he can bring it. Uh, there were just some panels here, uh, some, some images that I just wasn't feeling, especially the ones with Diane Festival. Um, she looked a hell of a lot more attractive under Braithwaite and, and, uh, and, and LaRosa. And, well, who doesn't look great under LaRosa? But I mean, it, it, all the issues leading up to this, um, even, even the, uh, Nico, the swine stuff. I mean, it, this just, I couldn't wait to, to, to get to more of the Bloodshot Gang or back to mm-hmm. Ray and Magic because I just, I wasn't feeling Festival. Tell them what you said about Festival on the Slack because I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> you, said, right, you said she fell into the ugly tree and hit <laughs> every branch the on the tree. <laughs> yes. Yeah, she fell into the mm-hmm. ugly tree, hit every branch on the, uh, <laughs> on the way down. Uh, it was, um, it's just, I, I seriously, I was like, you know, when it, it, that, that's when she wasn't looking different from, from one panel to the next. Uh, uh, my brother would have said, um, her face was on fire and someone put it out with a pitchfork. It, it's just, there are, um, Stop. It, it's, no, it's, it's wonky. I mean, you know, when, when you look at, I mean, he can draw men really well. The Bloodshot Gang looks strong. The, the, the panels with Ray look really good. Bloodhound looks fantastic, but it's just, there's some inconsistencies with, um, when it comes to the ladies. Um, but no, it, it's, yes, it, it, they are, driving off into the sunset. Uh I don't know if um if magic oh wait, no, he uh Yeah he does, he does. I I was gonna say I don't remember if um Bloodshot confronts magic after he finds the uh the EPT but oh, you know, yeah, all of yeah. that uh, yeah that that's 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 intended to um no I'm I'm you know I I hope we get a little bit more of seeing them happy, of, of, of seeing the family. I don't know if, um, no, well, I'm guessing if, if I'm looking at this cover to Bloodshot Salvation, whoever's hand he's holding is probably the child. So, uh, uh-huh. maybe some more time jumps in our future. Uh, not just XO. No, or, or the, or the child could have nanas and for some reason age quickly. Yeah. Yeah, if he kicked right. his way out of, out of, uh, Magic's womb, or if, um. Yes. <laughs> it's a womb. Or, or is it the belly? It's, 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 yeah, baby. Mommies eat the babies and then it grows in their belly. The, mm-hmm. uh, uh, or maybe it's someone from New York. You know, it, I'm not jumping to conclusions. It's, it, we're months away. Uh, yeah, so well, one thing I, I definitely don't want to see, I don't want Magic to get any kind of power. They, mm-hmm. they, they need to keep her human. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That that's Round always always the temptation in in these superhero books is to you know give everybody a power because heroes are are more attractive to the the readers and than than the average Joe or Jane. But no, magic needs no, to be need just human to make her. Someone just, needs to be the reader's eyes and ears. Right, right, right. So. And look what he went through when he thought she was dead in the uh, Fury, like the Fury Road thing that that was gone before when the the they they came in and he, they captured and he thought she was. It's like stop. She's his Robin. You know what I mean to to to, to his Batman. Stop making her a uh, a victim and a target and just let let's. Let's protect magic for a while. She's a great character. Yeah, she is. Truth. But I, you know, out of all this, Jeff Lemire owns Bloodshot. Yeah, Swarzynski yeah. may have started off the run, but Lemire Bloodshot is Lemire's baby. Yeah, definitely. He has done really phenomenal things with him. What yeah. what began as a you know, Punisher knockoff with with superpowers back in the original days. I think this Bloodshot in in the the second no, the new wave of Valiant books is much much mm-hmm. more real and compelling than the original Bloodshot. Yeah, so, I mean, if you think about it, like it's just crazy to me. I mean, uh, you know, we probably got like. I don't know. Like, I wonder if we could get pe- more people. Like, I wish we could get more people to try Valiant. Like, we, if we got a, if we got our audience to try Valiant, like, it would be game changing for Valiant. <laughs> Seriously, for real though. <laughs> well, here, here, let's let's issue a challenge. And I'll say it again because I screwed it up the first time. Challenge. Let's <laughs> issue a challenge. Challenge. If you find yourself at the cash register. With a couple extra bucks in your pocket and you're just looking for something else to read. Or if you're not really loving your Marvel and your DC books, like keep your, 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 your tried and trues. But if there's like a book you're on the fence with, forego it for a month and pick up a Valiant book. Just try these books. I guarantee that, that it, the work speaks for itself. All of the Valiant books. Are great. I mean, there there are things about some that you're not going to find in others, but that's the magic of the Valiant universe. Like Britannia, I'm sure Britannia is not going to connect with a whole bunch right. of people weaned on superheroes. But those mm-hmm. that aren't, the, Valiant is simultaneously like an indie kind of company and a superhero mainstream company. Mm-hmm. They 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 give you what you want, and if you want a side dish of different, they got that too. So. Yeah, try a Valiant book. I would stake my reputation, such as um, such as it is, that 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 you're going to love this stuff because it's all quality. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I need, I need to get rid of some books. I'm, I'm so tempted. I'm this close to saying that if you buy a Valiant book and don't like it, and you give it to someone else. Proof of purchase. I will send some. I will send you a book from my collection. Wow, that, that's not, I, I may send I am, you some. I'm, some I'm, I'm this close to actually saying that. I can't see your fingers. No one can. Crap. 
someone wants to, hey, if you, if you've never installed much PhD, boy, do I have a deal for you. I just, there's, I, people should, you should absolutely, and there's, and, and, and they have, they have the collections there. We just, Exo Man Awards, a great jumping on point, you know, the, the Bloodshot just, finished with this issue for for a couple of months so there are there are definitely stories that you know i mean they 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 had the 4001 ad stuff recently divinity 3 is 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 just about over so you got the whole divinity series to read there's there, there's definitely something on it that's going to scratch an itch for you freaking ninjack come on yeah eternal warrior they're all great um that's a good thumb though to see uh to, to, to not see mark's name on the latest issue of ninjack But I mean, what we're saying here is whatever your whatever your taste, Valiant has a book for you. Yes, Generation Zero, which is great. Yeah. It, I get I get giddy over Valiant. Why is this mm-hmm. is this not uh, prevalent among comic buyers? It's just stupid. Um, yeah, okay, this is not. You're going to say that I, you thought that I was going to say this, but in my estimation, even though I'm loving the reborn stuff at DC, mm-hmm. Valiant does suit it better. There's not a single, with the exception of maybe Batman by by Tom King and Superman by um, why am I drawing Gleason. a blood? What? Gleason, yeah, Gleason and Samasi. There is not a single DC book that is better than anything Valiant publishes. It's it's there's just not, but that's me speaking. I'm a valiant fanboy. So, but just there has to be some kind of basis in in that 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 statement. So just take me at my word. Go try a mm-hmm. valiant book, and you tell me that I'm not right. Mm-hmm. Sucka. <laughs> <sighs> Sounds so stupid when I say it. All right, um, are we gonna bring this bad boy home. We're at two and a half. I can always Is there anything you wanted to talk about, Jason. Uh, why are you sighing? I didn't sigh. That that <laughs> was not sigh. a sigh. <laughs> no, holy <laughs> sigh, dude. I did not. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> it was not a sigh. God dang. <laughs> I guess I won't talk about all-time comics crime destroyer number one. Did you read? No, you didn't read it. Tell me you read it. I dude, I check Slack, man. I mean, we Why think called Slack. We communicate with each other there. I would like to hear your opinion of it. Um. Uh. Well, I mean, in the simplest of terms, I thought it was great. Woohoo! I thought it was over the top. It was fun. It was. You know what it was? It was um, what 1963 tried to be but failed. Right. Yes. Right. Yep. Yeah, an homage to a, a bygone era of comics, but done in a way that uh, you know feels like 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 the, like it wasn't a parody; it was a true love of that era, but yep. done with its with the indie sensibility that we've come to expect of uh, of the creators that were involved. Aww. So it was great. I mean, the fucking costume was off the off the bananas. I mean, the the fists for, for shoulder pads is crazy. <laughs> so stupid, right? Absolutely crazy. Yeah. The, the colors are just 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 horrifyingly gaudy, which was great. Um, I mean, again, I say that in the most loving way. Uh, yeah, I thought it was terrific. I mean, uh, you 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 went in last week, so I don't have to rehash. But uh, 
but no, it was definitely worth the accolades. I mean, it was it was fun seeing Mara on top of Trimp and and uh, yeah, I, I dug it a lot. I, I, I wish we would get. I wish we had more coming. You do have more coming. Well, we not not of this team. No, right, okay, right. Yes, but mean. but there are more all time comics. Yeah, uh, yeah, here yeah, on the way. So yeah. Oh sure. Yeah. Oh, look at you, all grown up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grown up, Mister. I'm gonna sigh. <laughs> oh, this <is> guy. <laughs> I thought we were going to get some friggin' X Men stuff. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, I will say I, I read uh, all new X Men number one through seven, which is the uh, it's well, it's written it's it's written by our boy Dennis Hopeless, yep, with art by uh, Mark Bagley. Um, but yeah, it's just not hot. It's not hot. I'm going to keep it real. It's uh, it's it's the it's the adventures of the young team, like the Bendis, you know, pulled from the past group of X-Men plus plus Laura X-23 um, plus uh, I always forget her code name but the uh, the 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 young uh, the young black girl that was part of uh, the newest generation of, of students that uh, she has both fire and ice powers I can't think of her name right now but uh, but it's it's her X-23 and then the the old the old um, the old the, the well the young X-Men the, the, the ones from the past um, Did you call her just, icy hot? Yeah, it's something like that. Um, but uh, but it's just not. It's just, it wasn't hot, man. It wasn't hot. You know, it's just. I mean, I'm not a huge Bagley fan, so um, so that's that's number one. But but uh, it's, know you know it, it's too too much of the of the of the young young gay ice man stuff just feels very forced. Um, which you know we've covered before. Um, uh, it's Laura and uh, Angel are are a couple in this book, and uh, it's just like one of the major plot points of the first arc is that Angel's like falling out of love with Laura because he's disgusted at how she throws herself in every mission and like pretty much gets killed in the process. And I'm like, she's a fucking mutant with healing powers. Like that's what she does, dude. Like I don't know. It seems like so contrived. Like that he would be bothered by that but he's super bothered by it and um yeah so i don't know man it's just not uh it's it's the human beast which i've never been a fan of visually you know versus the this the blue fur beast um and the main villain in the first arc is uh the blob which is like so boring to me i mean the blob's cool is like a cast like as part of a team you know the brother, and and I think they're getting the Brotherhood of Evil mutants together in the second arc. If I'm gathering the hints right, but still, and they spend a whole arc basically in their asses kicked by the blob, and that's just hard for me to fathom. So, yeah. Hmm. You wanted me to talk X Men, Vince, so I talked X Men. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. No problem. All right, um, I'm going to save what I had for this episode for next episode because I right. got I got a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And we'd be here for another, at least another half hour. So yeah, I'm gonna, same for me. yeah, I'm gonna carry it over. Uh, please, if you would like to get your comics at a fraction of the retail price, there's only one place to go. Discount. Discount comic book. Discount Tannenbaum Discount comic book service. DCBService.com, where you can get your books fast, get them delivered right to your door, and you just click, 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 click online, and that's all there is. It's the best thing ever. Uh, from first second, it's the Spill Zone hardcover, 
Volume one, cover price twenty two ninety nine, your price twelve dollars and sixty four cents. From Fanographics, Songy of Paradise, Gary Panter, thirty four ninety nine. Nope, your price twenty two seventy four. And Young Blood number one from Image, three ninety nine cover price. You can take it home for a dollar ninety nine cents. We are lucky enough to get uh, preview copies from Dark Horse. I have read, in its entirety, the first issue of James Stokoe's Aliens Dead Orbit. Nice. Look at you. You need to buy this book when it comes out. I think it's Stokoe's finest work. I'm with that. Yep. It is I haven't de- even read it yet, and I'm with that. No, it is dense AF. Uh, it is done from a position of reverence for the Aliens mm-hmm. franchise uh, pre-Alien 3. Uh, it's just amazing, astounding, uh, hyper-detailed. It's, you know, if you know James Stokoe, it's James Stokoe drawing Aliens. He There's, there's a, a scene in there where uh, a character has... Stop. Where a character has to get into a spacesuit. It's the Mobius design spacesuit. You just just Ooh. just read this thing. Aliens Dead Orbit from Dark Horse. Uh James Stokoe. Written and illustrated. It is phenomenal. It's next level. Get it. Yeah. Yeah, get it. You guys didn't read it? I no, didn't I saw, realize I saw we had it today. available yet. No, we got I, yeah, we got the, the email. The email came in eight hours. Yeah, ago. well I was I was driving back from Baltimore. I just I see the email now, I'm downloading it now. Yep. It's so good. I ordered it though, so I, I mean, I ordered it. Yeah, and it's 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 yeah. more isolated, um, like Alien and Aliens. It's it, you, there's a there's a position of isolation in which these characters are thrust, and the alien pops up, the xenomorph pops up, and it's like mm-hmm. survival. But wow, simple story, but when you apply Stokoe's art to it, mm-hmm. good God. I hate him. Mm. <laughs> there you go. So what do you want to tell him to read? Um, I went uh, through a few of my little... Uh, going through the, the, the boxes and, and pulling a few things out here and there. And I pulled something out last week, which I hope to have time to read as I'm flipping through it again. Uh, but this is something that came out, uh, oh man, I don't know actually how long ago. Um, over a decade ago, but this is a somewhat of a crossover with, uh, DC and at the time Wildstorm. And it is Batman Planetary Night on Earth. Um, Written by Warren Ellis, art by John Cassidy, colors by David Barron. I read it. Uh, I won a whole bunch of planetary issues on on eBay to get the bulk of my run, and and this was part of the the lot. And uh, I enjoyed it because of the because of the way the story is laid out. Uh, you get a few different versions 
of Batman in this story. You get the Adam West Batman, you get the Frank Miller Dark Knight Returns Batman, uh, you get the gun-wielding Purple Gloves first appearance Batman there. It's... Yeah. And it's a... Um, it's it's Cassidy when he gave a shit. It, it's it's a uh, it's there are some some panels are absolutely stunning. They're they're just gorgeous with with, with the amount of detail and you know, all, all the hair on someone's face and flying about through the night. It it just it looks great. And then there's some panels where it just you know it's. Elijah Snow, so he doesn't have to add a lot of detail. Um, mm-hmm. But it made me realize that of all the um, the little when when uh, something I, I I wanted when DC announced it that I never got around to getting, uh, which I haven't really seen them. Uh, so if if they're at a convention that we're attending this year, you guys have to let me know. But I do not own the three action figures that uh, that they released for the planetary characters. Um, and I want them, so if... Uh, I didn't think you liked planetary that much. I I have all the I have all the issues and I I would I, I, I would add the, the figures to my correct to, to, to the collection. Um, wow. You know yeah, what? The, no, it, this issue what? reminded me of that episode of the Batman animated Yes. With the campfire one where they're all talking about, you about know, the different. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, it's, it's, it, it's Ellis. So, so, so there's that, that, that dry wit, but it, 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 it didn't to me. For, and, and again, I haven't reread it. So I'm going by memory. Um, mm-hmm. it didn't feel to me like, a traditional or a normal, regular planetary issue. It, it, it was a planetary story that, 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 or it was a Batman story that they kind of put the planetary characters in. Um, it's, so it, I, I wouldn't recommend this to someone to read if they'd never read planetary and, and, right. and to think that, you know, they'll, they'll get a sense of, of what that book is. Planetary is, is something that I, I think once, once you really dug in somewhat uh, uh, into uh, being a comic book fan, I I think that there are a lot of things you'd probably get a kick out of if you read planetary. Because with planetary, you can, you, you, you read an issue. And I remember Ellis at one point saying that uh, it it was almost deliberate for the, for there to be delays between issues because there's so much happening in an issue that you would, he kind of wants you to go out and research what, Mm -hmm. what was, what was happening? What, what, uh, the research, the go and look for the material that he was referencing in the stories, whether it's, it's about a Godzilla movie or whether it's about Doc Savage or just any, so you get more out of it. And yes, there, there are the, there's some obvious examples, uh, like the Fantastic Four and, and again, like Doc Savage and, and, and there are things you'll, you'll read and be able to pick up on, but, there's things that are a little deeper than that. And, um, it, it's, I, yeah, I, I, I said, I won the, I won the first nine, 10, 12 issues. And then I was buying them as they were coming out. And it, it, it is, it's definitely one of my, my favorite works. Um, 
it's uh so yeah if if you get a chance to uh to try the first couple of collections then then definitely do it but this particular story um like i said i hadn't read it in a while so i'm i'm interested to see how it uh how it holds up and uh if it reads as as well as i remember it you know so, my yeah, so in your travels go back issue back by diving cool you know my favorite issue of planetarius which one um, i think i know which one issue 17 i think it was the the tarzan takeoff issue oh okay love that issue <laughs> not surprised there you go <laughs> uh in your travels um uh, make sure that you uh keep up I'm going to go throw Marvel a love here uh, with uh, Jason Aaron and uh, Mr. Bacello's Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. I uh, read the third arc uh, while I was uh, away on Bidnath. She's 11 through 16. No spoilers because my man Dap uh, loves the series and he's behind. But uh, it's, uh, it's it's the aftermath of the empirical uh you know, Stephen is dealing with a world that uh, where there's precious little magic. Oh no, I think uh, I think I'm caught up to that. Oh, you're at sixteen. I believe. So. Did Did you read the Fraser Irving issue? Uh, I don't know. I read eleven through sixteen. I don't. If you haven't seen the Fraser Irving art, then I might be ahead of you. But yes, this is the one where it's like every day he's dealing with different shit. Yeah, he's got a yes. Like, well, every every day like a different a different uh, like 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 hell hell user hell. Hell domain is pulling him in to, yes. to yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Oh, cool. So, so, but yeah, so he's going through it. He's having, he's having a heck of a time because he has no magic. And, uh, so he's got, uh, all the old enemies are coming for him. He's got, uh, principally Mordo. Uh, Mordo has still got his magic because somehow he hit out with the Dormammu during the whole thing. Um, but, uh, every time Mordo shows up to try and fight slash kill, Stephen, he, Strange gets like yanked by some other, uh, villain, demonic villain to their realm to, because they want to take advantage of him. You've got, uh, say you've got Satana, you've got, uh, uh, and, and, and you got Nightmare. Satana, Satana looks amazing. It does look amazing. You've got Nightmare, um, and you've got, uh, who else am I? Who's the first one? Um, why can't I think about it? But uh, but no, it's fun stuff. You get you get a glimpse into a lot of Strange's the orbs and the orb. Oh yeah, the orb. That's right. That was wacky. Yeah, yeah that was <laughs> Aaron, Aaron loves the orb. <laughs> he does. He does. He does. Yeah. Um, yeah, the orb. That's right. That's so funny. Um, and uh, yeah, and then uh, and then you you know you start to see like I think glimpses of what the new status quo is going to be, and that it's listen, it's Stephen Strange, so he's. He's got more going for him than I think we thought he did, uh, and then Mister Misery is uh, is is definitely still in the background, which we were introduced to, uh, you know, in the prior arc, as uh, a creature that uh, has essentially been created by by Strange, pouring out all of his uh, his his misery onto this creature so that he could deal with uh, with reality, and now the creature is free, and um, actually doesn't look dissimilar to the. Uh, to that creature from uh, the rights in Spider-Man OGN. Kind of looks like that, actually. Wow. Um, Bringing it all back to the beginning. Right? Yeah. Right? Nice. So, yeah. So, it's uh, it's great stuff. I mean, 
but Pacello's the star here, and we actually get an issue without Pacello in this arc, and it's uh, it's noticeably different, and it's much less interesting. It's uh, and and listen, it's Kevin Nolan, so I'm not even. I mean, it's it's uh, it's Kevin Nolan drawing it, and to me, it's just nowhere near as interesting as uh, the Pacello stuff. So I hope he stays in the book for a long time to come. All right, everybody. Hey, thank you for being here. Uh, once again, we love you so much. And if you would like even more of this, come to our website, 11oClockComics.com. Join us on our Facebook page. We got one of them, too. And um, please, come back next week because David, you know, he gets a little weird when you're not here. Mm, yeah, and so weird. He does. And as always, say goodnight. Good night, David. So how you do that so well? Oh, silly, silly, sick. sick. Well, You're silly. Yeah. Um, just come back. We love you so much. Say good night. Peace out, y'all. Bye.